on today's show, we are getting to know Caroline. But first, a word from today's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and to start feeling better because you, dear listeners, deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are the greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Getting to Know You Pod listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash getting the number two. No, the letter U. It's just like the pod's name. That's betterhelp.com slash getting to know you. The link's in the description. AndrePsyche.com is gone. But Andre Psyche, the man on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, is alive and thriving. You're going to want to follow and message Andre. Why? Because he is the freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up. It's Andre Psyche the next time you're looking to add some creative stimulation to your social media circle. Listeners, listen up. Get 25% off your order at ShadyRays.com by using the promo code GETTING. Use GETTING, G-E-T-T-I-N-G, when checking out to get 25% off on the best sunglasses around. You see, Shady Rays takes extreme pride in their multi-layered lens technology, which is made for high visibility and strength to be shadow-resistant. And with free shipping and a lifetime lost or broken protection warranty, why would you choose any other brand? Go get you a pair, or fuck it too, by going to ShadyRays.com, perusing their polarized sunglasses, and then using the promo code GETTING when you check out to save 25% of your total. Support the Getting to Know You Pod's creative endeavors for as little as $2 a month on our Patreon. Your money will go towards the cost of producing, distributing, and improving the quality of this podcast. Again, you can go to our Patreon, links in the description, and for as little as $2 a month, you, yes you, can have a part in supporting the Getting to Know You Pod's mission of getting to know all sorts of new and interesting people. Two bucks, a little too much? Well, here are three, three ways to help. I don't know why I find that so clever. <laughs> Push the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to the pod on. Friend or follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Go to Apple. Write a review. Those, dear listeners, will cost you nothing but your time and will mean so much to the pod's growth. And now, Getting to Know You. Hello. Getting to Know You. Getting to know all 
I'm gonna do a terrific show today. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. Caroline, who has the soon-to-be most famous blog in the oh. entire world, um, currently accepting Bitcoin for appearances. I only had to pay her two to get there. Um, she's a former student and is um, completely into my stupid humor. Caroline, thank you for coming on and letting people uh, get to know you, man. I appreciate it. Very welcome. Very welcome. Happy to be here. <laughs> Been a minute. Yeah, right. It's it actually is it almost two decades at this point. 2008, I think, yeah. is what I pinpointed it to. 15 years. It's just so, it it, it was kind of weird. I got a message from you out of the blue. We were, and it's funny because we we're talking, logged in, and I, it was already 12 minutes, and I'm like, shit, we might as well actually get started on the podcast. But one of the things to just take it where we were going um, before recording is you have this blog, and the blog is? Chronically confused. Chron chronically and part of your message was you have this blog, you have these thoughts, and you're also thinking about podcasting. And oh, calling me out. I see what's going on. Absolutely. <laughs> empowering you, my friend, empowering you. Um, so talk a little bit about dream scenarios, visions for blogging verbally, being a verbal blogger. Okay, let's see where I can go with this. Um, so yeah, I started Chronically Confused because I was – chronically confused, like in just about every, I kid you not, every area of life, every single one. I was confused who I was. That was a big one. And that was terrifying. I was confused. Of, so in my junior year of college, all was going swell. And then out of nowhere, my health just like went to shit. And I mean, like, downhill conf like confusion to the point of not knowing what road I was on when it was my childhood road that I like still lived on at home yeah I was fainting it got to the point where I was fainting while driving so Caroline couldn't drive therefore Caroline couldn't work I had to leave school obviously like my grades tanked that was like a killer to my confidence in general yeah I wasn't always like an academic like genius like my older brothers but you know I showed up, okay? I always thought I you were up. the smarter. I always thought you were the smarter breeding that I had. You know what? I will quote <laughs> that and write it on my bathroom mirror. And, and that's just... actually what all the teachers said in the teacher's lounge and was written in the bathroom of the teacher's lounge. That's what I thought I heard, but I just wasn't <laughs> sure I didn't want to like be that person. <laughs> but yeah, like honestly, and it was terrifying because... I couldn't find an answer anywhere. I went to so many different doctors. So this is what I called medical mayhem. I had all these different like brackets of confusion. <laughs> and the blog was literally me like piecing together the truth, if that makes sense. So I, As in like, like trying to process it or just trying to accept that this could be like some sort of new normal for you? I want to say both, but I wasn't willing to accept that it was a new normal for me because yeah, it didn't be. make sense. It just was like nobody, there was no answer to be found, therefore no relief to be found. Like I, my entire body on top of like everything else felt like if you felt my skin, especially on my face, it was red and it felt like sandpaper. 
legit sandpaper. It was the most miserable feeling. It felt like my body was sunburned the entire day, every day, and itchy and burnt, like everything you would not want to feel everywhere. So I went to doctor after doctor after specialist, like everyone, which sometimes were like booked out three months that I had to wait. And every time I got there, like I had, I got to a point where expectations needed to be managed because it was either they passed me off to someone else that was number one. No, not number one, but one of many options. (laughs) I got misdiagnosed multiple times by like big time hospitals, which was real scary. Like cancer wasn't actually cancer. Um, spinal lesions, <laughs> like spinal they were, lesions. yeah. What like, are they? Did, I don't know. Did, did they go straight neurological? Is that where people went because of the fainting? We, that was one of the first ones that in rheumatology, those two. Okay. Because they, they were like, it sounds like at first they thought I had Lyme disease. And I was like, thank God. I know this sounds so like odd to someone. If you're, if you haven't been through it, I wouldn't have like been able to grasp it, but it's, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's you are so isolated, if that makes sense, because nobody's, all these doctors had never been in my shoes. None of them had like, they didn't understand what I was saying. Therefore I was crazy. Right. So Honestly, I don't know what your question was right before that. Well, you just started giving your backstory and we're learning about your medical history. Originally, it was just the point of the podcast, like your hopes and dreams for the podcast. And you started giving some background on why you started blogging because it was a little bit of therapy and it was a little bit of maybe accepting that this could be your new normal, which I think most people would fight like hell to be like, I'm going to get over this. However, you said it. If you don't know what it is, there's no treatment. How do I get over what I can't see, what I don't know? Yes, you, you, okay, back with you. So <laughs> I would go into these appointments and I would be desperate for any answer, like an answer. Yeah. Like if it, I was honestly got to a point where I was okay with cancer. Because at least you and know what the like, treatment would be, what the path would be. You could explain yeah. shit to people. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I would have doctors. This one really pissed my mom off. And this is when Carol Carol stopped coming to doctor's appointments shortly after this one. He told me nobody could give me answers. Nothing was coming back. Certain things were high but not high enough, low but not low enough. Like, But definitely wrong is what they would say. And this this man on the way out goes, he like pats me on the back and he says, I don't know what to tell you other than you're not dying. I don't think. And you're just like, the uncertainty there would have been like, anything would have been better. Or maybe even nothing at that point. Just to, cause how far into this diagnostic journey are you at this point? Oh boy. Couple months. Could I even say, I, I don't even know if you could even say I actually received. Oh no, when the dude was like, hey, I don't oh, know what's man. wrong with you, but you die. Like, how far into trying to figure this out were you? I would say the first, like, three to six months, if oh. that. So it was like a new thing to me as well. I remember calling Colin, if you remember him, yeah. my brother. And, like, he, my mom, whether, I don't know, she was trying to schedule the appointment or something. I mean, this was back. 2017 I want to say 
And I, Colin, him and I are like ride or die. I love that kid to death. I call him my little brother. He's not. But he's just like, I treasure him and his humor so much. And he's just like the best thing. And he's not the most like outwardly sentimental. But when I am like hurting and he can see it, it's like, all right, we're serious. So I remember him calling mom and being like, you call that doctor back and tell them, no, like you need to get an appointment mom for her like now. Yeah. And he was, he believed me. Whereas no shade to my mother, but in the beginning, I don't think even she really did believe that it was going on. So that was tough. Well, so, so just pause. Cause I guess what I'm thinking is you, you had mentioned the hair and you haven't mentioned on the podcast, but in the message, oh, yeah. you're, you lose your hair, but if you're, having seizures and you're forgetting you're fainting there's not really like a visible sign to point to someone to be like hey i have this lesion hey here's this tumor right and it's like i believe you i hey i have a fever well then you just have a cold get over it right Right. so it it can be hard it can be hard to believe people i guess that might just be like a little bit of a reminder of have some faith like I, i don't know if like people is that common where people want the attention? I don't, I don't think you're like the attention seeker of, Oh my God, I'm sick. Please. I could find so many other things in the world <laughs> to seek attention on. Yeah. No. Right? Yeah, yeah. Nor do I ever want to be in the spotlight, to be honest. You are so, pretty pale. Yeah. I'm just like, I am who I am. You know, I slide in with my awkward moments that break the silence and just like light up the room all at once. You know, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> But no, I am not one that is like, I am Caroline, hear me roar. That is not, that is not who I am. So did you talk to your mom about that? Why she was kind of doubting it? I don't think I was capable of having that conversation. I think it was such, like, it was a dark time. It was very dark. It's, I got to a time, it all comes back to the blog. This is what I thought immediately, eventually, immediately went down on paper or typed up on the keyboard and published if I had the balls to hit publish. Like, and it was, like I said, it was literally, and still is. If anything, like it's not, it's really not for attention. I don't really like look at the stats. It's like there for someone, like if they happen to come across it, like I so desperately was searching for someone that was like, and even a slightly similar situation than I was, like even close to it, but there was no one. Um, and that, cause I think I, I started to doubt my own, my own symptoms because I was like, if nobody else is seeing this or like everybody's saying, are you sure you're okay? (laughs) And like, not physically or whatever, like, is it me? Like, you know, I'm never one. I'm, I used to be a people pleaser. And I honestly think that that like did not help. When I got really sick, I was in a really, really bad relationship that I tried to get out of multiple times that started my sophomore year of high school and went up until 20, I don't know, it was about six plus years is what it was. Yeah. And that was tough. So I think like slowly but surely through that relationship, through all these different things, I told you like the reason why I reached out to you was because you were one of the only teachers that really made me feel like you're not a shitty student, number one. And like, dude, you got skills in something. Like, I never thought I was an expert at anything, but writing was something that like genuinely, if anything, helped me. And O'Grady gave me good grades. So I mean, like, <laughs> there you go. 
Well, thank but your mom. Just, she, like, was, she was depositing some money in my bank accounts for that. My mom? Yeah. It was just $20 a week. <laughs> just no, so okay. I get doubles in the cafeteria. <laughs> now, you and Corbin. Corbin would use his, he would come type my number in and get two lunches. You know what? <laughs> so, everybody help yourselves. <laughs> that is so, dude, that is a <laughs> sneaky, stupid thing that teachers would do when they were cool with kids. If the lines were busy, you'd be like, oh, dude, this kid got money or this kid's free and reduced or whatever. You would just be like, doop, 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 doop. thank you and walk away real quick. I mean, if, if, if the kid is not going to be like, no, but I mean, like, try your man. Dude, that is so true. God, I forgot about doing that. I have stopped doing that, but I forgot about those little, like, stupid sneaky tricks. I, I never did. Now. Never forget. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but, so, yeah, that's all brought me to today where anything that I, it's chronically confused, to put it simply, is what the internal dialogue in my head on paper. To try and put some common sense into the world that I feel like too common. I'm like, is it there? Or are you just not choosing to use it? Because those are two different things to me. So yeah, it's just me kind of mentally voicing me navigating the world. There we go. And why not just do the podcast thing then? What's holding you back, man? I think it's more work. Like it implies me like buying a microphone to be let me just be straight up yeah and I honestly was under the impression that it was like very technology based like you had to be savvy you do but you don't I almost screwed myself when I first started trying to do microphones and EQs and all that shit and honestly now like I said I I send a zoom link and zoom one-on-one is free unlimited time which is kind of nice I use my QuickTime player on a computer to record the audio that I punch all the way up. I throw it into GarageBand, which I think is free if you have a Mac. Yeah, a Mac. And then I, you load it up just like you would attach any sort of file. If you can email, you can upload. If you can you know, make a website with WordPress or whatever, your blog site's more intricate than loading up this podcast file. So I, I'd say, honestly, like if you have a computer – with um, some sort of MP4 to MP3 conversion, like GarageBand, um, right. 150 bucks might be your startup cost. And I started Podbean. Um, the reason I picked Podbean, and there's a bunch of hosts out there, they gave you like seven hours a month for free. So wow. you could set up a trial and just kind of learn and post something. And as long as it wasn't more than seven hours of audio, you didn't get charged. Wow. So the first month and a half, I was just figuring it out, trial and error. And really, there's no, like, downside. If I'm being completely honest with myself, what is there to lose? Yeah, honestly. All right. Well, then, okay, I will do it, yes. But I think another answer is I was also doing, like, as I was doing Chronically Confused, like, I make the graphics for my blog. Like, I make everything on it. And I just, I did that because, like, I was, I didn't take a class or anything. I just, like, self-taught myself to, like, Computer design, whether it's, whatever it's called. Yeah, make a wallpaper, my own wallpaper with like something motivational on it, like you the shit or something that I needed. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Yeah. Like we got to desperate degrees, but I own every one of them and they got me here today. So it is what it is. But yeah, I think I enjoyed, it was like therapeutic to like create the site. Yeah, dude. Well, I bet you it was yeah. real 
especially if you're doing it in a time when your life's so out of control and unexplained, imagine the power and comfort of, oh, I click this button and this appears. And if I want this to move, I get to move it. If I want this to go away, it goes away. If I want this to go up, it goes up. And like, it's almost why like coloring books can be therapeutic because you can decide to be in the lines, out of the lines. You get this whole control thing and it's not super taxing on the mind, even though it's kind of creatively stimulating. It's not like you're on a treadmill where your mind has to be going at a certain pace. You get to do it yourself. Maybe put on some music in the background. I mean, like you just, you're zoning out. out. Yeah, exactly. You get in that flow state. So I, I think that makes total sense. So, yeah, I would agree. So, but yes, you are absolutely right. And I have needed this push. So I thank you. And you will see it. It's coming. Okay. Mark my words. Now I'm held accountable. Here we are. Once you speak it, that's what they say, man. If you post about it, you got to post about a goal. You got to tell, I think it's like four people that you would actually interact with about a goal. And that goal is whatever science has like 50 times more likely to then be achieved because you feel that either I'm going to disappoint someone or you feel that social pressure of, I don't want them to talk shit (laughs) about me, not like actually doing it. That's enough. And see, look, I'm going to keep referencing this stupid blog. I used to call it fraud alert. I would make, I would call myself out for like fraud alert if that were the case. Cause I used to do, I'm dead serious. Like it all sounds so like, I don't even know how to explain it. Superficial. I don't know what the word is, but it, I'm telling you it worked. Like there is not a self-help book. That's like, this is how you survive having no answers to this illness that feels like it's going to kill you. But a doctor in Seaford says that it's not, but a doctor at UPenn says it might like, here's how you survive. There's not, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't. And then I lost my hair. So we throw in something else. Yeah. What was the, tell me the hair thing. Like, is it, and I've not, I've not had someone in my life going through chemo, which would be the only thing I can associate with losing hair where like it comes out in chunks. I've seen like breaking bad where Walter White loses his hair. And I guess that would be like my go-to visual of chunks just start coming out in the shower. And I was yeah, curious. Neither just what did I. I didn't either. I knew no one. Like if I, if I knew a bald person, it was a male who either had male pattern baldness, which Believe me, I empathize with that as well. I get it. <laughs> However, you know, or someone that chose to be pulled. Yeah. And that's that's just different. When it's taken from you and it's not your choice and it's out of your control and you go from looking normal, you can kind of still hide behind your hair, even though you kind of look a little sickly and feel it inside, to you really look sickly. And I had so little hair left that it was like, fuck it. Let's just like, let's go. Because I <laughs> originally I shaved like, this is what goes. So I have alopecia areata, right? So after a year and a half of like begging doctors to take me seriously and how like my head felt like swollen and like it felt how I described it was it felt like my body is allergic to its own hair. If that Mm. makes sense. Right. Which is like kind of ironic because that's alopecia areata or alopecia in general is the loss of hair and it's your body rejecting the hair follicles, right? That's just shooting them out. Holy shit, dude. I actually think I had a kid when I went to um, Beacon, it was the first time I'd heard of that where he almost like, he almost looked like um, 
Um, man, what it, it's not? Is it albino? There's been a couple of basketball players that are completely Maybe. bald. Where where like Charlie Villanueva was the famous one, but it's the kid was allergic to his own hair, I, and yeah. I completely forgot about that. So you're saying it right now. I that, can. That's and, such and a that weird might, thing. Like it just doesn't make sense because you're a mammal. Like why would a, yeah? Why would you have this thing on you? You're designed to be hair. I believe it's one of the characteristics of mammals. You're supposed well, to have hair. That's why your eyebrows they protect your eyes. I mean, like all that. Your eyelashes. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, I can tell you, Caroline's body is not down for that. She's like, <laughs> no. Or it wasn't like. So I begged and for them to take me seriously, and finally, I wound up at um, in Salisbury, down in Salisbury, Maryland, at a dermatologist that's like really close to campus. So it's kind of weird that like I left Salisbury living on campus because I got really sick and had to leave. And then I wound up back there when I no longer was a student. Cause I couldn't, I still couldn't be a student. Yeah. I could barely like function. And I wound up back literally in my apartment complex is where the strip is. And it was just weird, but he finally biopsied the, my eyebrow and it came back alopecia. And that was a, very happy moment and relieving moment that at least there was something like, no, we haven't yet given a reason for the fainting or the skin burning everywhere else constantly. Like I felt like I was swollen. Like I'd gone out in the snow, oh, like, you know, weird tingly up. freeze, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then came back in and then also had sunburn on top of it everywhere. So it's like, let me so Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, man. But I'm just curious, like, what what was the conversation that led him to biopsying the uh, eyebrow? It was a combination of um, the pattern that my hair was falling out. So my hair actually would fall out. And this is not the same for everyone with alopecia areata. But it, it literally falls out in the shape of my headband. Like, <laughs> literally, I, I'm dead ass serious. Which is kind of convenient because I can wear a headband. But back then, it fell out farther than the headband and it looked a little wonky oh, so dude. we had to just yeah and but. for people who can't see it's almost like i would refer to it like stephen a smith i don't know if you're familiar stephen a smith i want to be like a mansplainer he's a espn personality he's a black dude and they, oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. he's yeah. got that receding hairline where it's like almost to the point where it's like right at the top of his head and but people not. like but people screw with him because he's got enough yeah. on the sides. But like when you first have the hairline, it's almost like a hat. But then it just keeps going back. So that's the hairband. Yeah. Yours is, I mean, uh -huh. it, it's several inches up, which would be highly yeah. uncommon for a woman. Yes. It, and that's why, again, I felt so confused. Yeah. I was like, why? There's nobody else in my family that like I thought was dealing with this. Lo and behold, like... Mind you, we're going to doctor's appointments left and right. My, like, my parents are obviously aware. Like, I'm one of the few that I can say my parents are still, like, going strong. Ride or dies one another, best friends. Carol puts up with him doing his golf thing and, like, living his life. He somehow puts up with her being Carol, you know. I mean, you went to UD with her. Uh, she is her own person. She does her thing. More power to her. But we went to all these appointments. So like, they're aware, very aware, obviously. And eventually he, my dad's like, I think I was diagnosed with alopecia. <laughs> I was like, are you, wait, dad, what are you? 
now is when you bring that up. Not once did it trigger a memory throughout all of this. Well, like the was hair going away. alopecia being brought up beforehand, or were you just hoping like the clues of the like losing the hair, the discomfort? I I can't. There's so much happened. Yeah, right. I bet like, it's just physically. A so like, I can't really like pin. I don't really remember which thing it was that like made me think yeah. that. I, yeah, I don't. I think honestly, it was the doctor. I think she's he said it, and I just ran with it. I was like, okay, gotcha. you're throwing something out there, and you're willing to like actually do a test to like verify it, and not just like give me some bogus. How do diet. they how do they verify alopecia on a biopsy? Like, I understand I had to have like a little mole taken off of my foot. It's the first time I understood a biopsy where you like cut around something and then cancerous yeah. cells, and then you make sure you don't have any cancerous cells around. Therefore, you have all the cancer. But I don't know, like the biopsy, they just drain some liquid or do they take some skin oh, flakes? No, they take this. This sounds kind of morbid and gross, but here we go. It's like this punch thing that's literally like, it reminds me, if you were to like take a straw and put it in sand okay. and then lift it up and sand stays in it yeah. like that. So they would numb my head. Wait, actually, I just answered my own question. Two-year question. Here we go. At this doctor, um... She or he started to take me seriously only when he went to do that punch biopsy and they'll numb you on your scalp, obviously, because it was a scalp biopsy and an eyebrow. He went to numb me, and I said, "You don't need to numb me. I can't. I still cannot feel my scalp. Can't feel it. Seriously, shit, you don't. Most annoying feeling ever. I despise the feeling of being numb even before all this. Like the dentist when you're numb, hate it." When I got knee surgeries in high school, they're now numb. Hate that feeling. So I've just become numb, I guess. Like literally the majority of your body's numb? Yeah. yeah. When I got, sorry, more jaw surgery, this is numb. Yeah. I have never put this together until right now, I guess. But yeah, I'm very numb. So it's numb after the surgeries or it was numb prior to? So everything but my scalp, like where I got surgery. So I had jaw surgery where I was wired shut for a month in high school. They had to like redo my jaw pretty much all because just how my bite was no biggie, but it sucked. So this all, they told me I'll never get this sensation back. Probably there's, there's a chance, but probably not. So this is numb. And like over the years, a little bit will come back at a time, but overall, like numb. my knees numb because I had lateral, like they had to cut my tendons and then re do them because I played soccer since I was three and went so hard in the paint that we got to a point where Caroline's kneecaps were literally popping out when I would play like on the collision. Yeah. So that was an issue. I had to get knee surgery to repair that. And then the other one went, cause if one goes, the other probably will. Um, I think I went so hard in sports. I think honestly, I burnt myself out through life. Uh... I went too hard. Um, but yeah, so Long story short, she and I'm going back to this doctor thing so we can finish that. She t- she went to do it and she was like, "Are you sure?" Because I was like, "You don't need to." And it's a if you did it anywhere else on my body that wasn't numb, like anywhere else, it would hurt very badly, like unbearably. Do they tell you how deep? How deep do they have to go for this it's biopsy? Like Stop, dude. That's like an inch. I'm dead ass serious. Dude, they are not ass. taking an inch deep of your eyebrow. Like this much? I oh no, like deep. Yeah, deep, not no, like my wide. Scalp. My scalp. 
Yeah, but deep. how deep into it? Not the area on top. So if they take like a circle on top, picture a quarter, not the top of the quarter, but how thick is the quarter that they're taking out of you? I would say, I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, he didn't touch my skull, <laughs> but just, an, I don't know, I, enough to get like below the root, like just below the root. I guess they, they look at how it's, how the pattern of your follicles, I don't know. I'm just thinking like, I'm just thinking like, if that's such a gutsy move, the deeper they have to go, the more gut credit I was going to give you. Because if it's just like oh. surface, you know, you got like seven layers of skin or whatever and you, you're sunburned, you can like scrape off a stab and nobody yeah, cares yeah. about that. So I've never been biopsied like that and I'm just wondering how deep they would have to go. Honestly, I was at, I was at such a point with like pain and like honestly fuck everything and everyone right. at a certain point that I I didn't even think that when I said just do it like you can just do it yeah. because I was just I don't feel my scalp and I need an answer let's let's just get this over with I remember sitting in that office that day like on the verge of tears because it's I was our every. I started to just anticipate a, a, whether it was a no, and I don't know, which those really got me, because it was just a. We're now heading towards like this might be your new normal. And is and, just yeah. timeline wise, like a year with these symptoms, or like how many doctor's appointments and how many months before <laughs> the eyebrow biopsy? Uh, like a year and a half. Year and a half before the yes. And you're how like, old? Sophomore in college? So you're about 20? Junior year. Junior year in college. All right. So you're like... I just graduated the okay. year after. Yeah, right. So like, I mean, but that's like peak enjoyment of life. Like just peak fucking go live it up. No responsibility. Like, everybody yeah. wants to get back. Time. Everybody wants to get back to their 20s when they're like, at that age. Like and when you get older, you just want yeah. that, dude, and to be taken away. And I, I think that plays a huge role, though, and, like, everybody says I'm an old soul or whatever. And, like, okay, I, I would agree with that, but I think a lot of it has to do with, and I'm not saying, I would never call myself, like, a victim of any, like, I just happen to be put in those circumstances. I never want pity about it. Like, honestly, truly, I don't want it to be my story. Like, I am alopecia. I'm not. I'm Caroline. Like, I'm not the mystery patient. That's what everybody started calling me. Like UPenn, CHOP, like all those different hospitals, mystery patient. You don't want to be called that. <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> it's the last thing you want to be called. Um, so, yeah, I was like certain to give up on. Yeah, how could you not? On an how could you not? Because especially like that young, like you're, you're not, yeah. and 20s, early 20s aren't super young, but you're not like. 401k in worried about a mortgage like that's just not the mindset of that you might be planning for the weekend maybe you know hoping to do something really cool in the summer type thing spring break but you're not like it's the moment and if every day is that moment man it, it'd be very hard to like have faith that it will end and that was i this sounds kind of like blunt but I had there was no other option I either gave into this like new reality that some doctors were telling me I had I mean they said I had chronic fatigue syndrome and that I had to adjust to this new normal at one point and that 
was tough because I was very afraid of getting that. Not chronic fatigue syndrome. That's that is what it is. And do I still have it? I don't know. I was diagnosed with it. So many other things happened in between then. I just I don't need to list off diagnoses. <laughs> but um yeah, I, I honestly I think I there just was no other option. I either was gonna get to a point where I was so depressed that I was a different person and I wasn't willing to let myself become a different person. Like I very much pride myself to this day on throughout all that I've been dealt through that relationship that really messed with me mentally and emotionally. It was very manipulative and like scare tactics, like driving the car at 85 miles per hour just to like teach you a lesson. Like, you know, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff, no shade over it, but like stuff that, and then get out of the car, <laughs> like stuff that was just so my parents are together and I've been together for so long. I've never heard my dad yell in my entire life. Like I felt so out of control and on the wrong path. Right. So made it through that, got out of that. Okay. Check. Was dealt this hand of, I went from healthy playing soccer, playing sports, like all that to now you can't even remember if this is your home like road it was just there were so many things that I made it through that it was like I just refused to accept that whether the world was going to make me cold like I'm not going to be a bitter person because for whatever reason whoever you want to call it that's calling the shots up there I don't know but whoever it is it, it's happened and I've be, somehow become like significantly stronger I was never a secure person before this mm. like at all like at all and I came out on the other side, like nothing beat me down. And I, that was, I didn't take pride much with my limited confidence back in the day, but that was something that I couldn't deny to myself. Like yeah. the evidence is here. It was like an experiment on myself throughout all of this that I then documented <laughs> online. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised to say the lack of confidence because if you just zoom back, right? Yeah. Pretty good student. Pretty good athlete. Yeah. Like in shape, family. Yeah. You're like, hey man, you got what 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 the fuck's wrong with you that you don't have confidence? Kind of a thing. Like that would be the stereotype. And it really makes I, I think it's also a good reminder because it's especially for teachers, but just people in general, like the outward appearance doesn't match the kids' yeah. inwards emotion oh, no. a lot of the time. And you almost should assume when you're speaking that people, especially kids are at a place of vulnerability and lack of confidence, even if whatever, they're the most alpha at the moment, they're the best, whatever. It's like, yeah, you still need to approach them. Like they feel they're terrible. Cause you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Don't know. And this way you won't mess them up. Yeah. And I like, there are so many like things that now run in my mind that I like repeat to myself that I thoroughly believe in. Like I, one of them is I understand that I will never completely understand another person. You can't, you won't because, and I say that only because I know that nobody will ever understand my story fully. I know they won't. You can't again. Like I said that in the beginning, it's impossible. So instead of like trying to tell someone else how they're feeling or assume, I mean, assumptions they can ask out of you and me. So there's that, but it's, it's not worth it. Like when I started chronically confused, wasn't even the first blog. The first vlog was 
called leave it to carol.com. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> Dude, that would have been a C minus, and that would have been a give me C minus. I'd have been like, <laughs> but then, then we upgraded the name to selfishlyauthentic.com. Way better. Way, and, dude. I actually right? like. Ooh, I do yeah, like selfishly you. authentic. But at that point in my life, was still in that unfortunate encounter with that relationship, and was like really in the trenches. And Hold on, wait, wait. I, I, I've got to understand more, n- not about the gossipy relationship thing, but just about the message you believed in selfishly authentic. I don't think I've ever heard those two words go together. So I'm just curious how you put them together, man. I really like that. That's interesting you say that because I talked myself out of keeping it because I thought that that was an unoriginal thing. And that is my point. As to that is how easy it was for me to talk myself out of believing in myself. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I, but I, I don't have a huge circle. I haven't Googled selfishly authentic yet. So maybe I'm completely wrong, but I've not, I listened to a lot of Taylor Swift and I feel like if anyone would have put those two words hey, together, she would have put those. Like didn't, it, it sounds like, it sounds like something she would do. Yeah. My, my daughter and I talk about this all the time. Like Taylor Swift is almost like, the queen of the oxymoron, putting just two words and getting Absolutely. the point of cross with the sweet sour, the contrast. She just, she, yeah. I don't know if she writes it all or whoever's writing for her, but it's done so well by her. But yeah, selfishly I, authentic. Like what are you, what are you trying to get across with that title or what does that title do? Okay. So this is a concept that, again, this was through like what I was going through. So it was based on what was happening. So I was being told this is why it's not a matter of gossip. It's a matter of like, I was being told verbally I was selfish, but as a manipulative tactic to have me like second guess what I was thinking. So for so long, I second guess what I was thinking. When I went to those doctors, anytime that they would come at me with something that like shook me, like, which was most of the things that they said, it was hard to, like navigate that exact moment that mattered so much. There was so much weight in a moment. I mean, at a doctor's appointment, you had what? Four minutes, if you're lucky, of their time. Uh, You waited all that time. You get in there. You have that much time. Make it count, you know? And I would, like, whether I would freeze up or whatever, just because it's so exhausting. And I pretty much know what's going to happen at the end of the appointment. Um, So selfishly authentic was more of a way of separating like what I see as like the two different types of selfish. So like they're selfish as in someone that pretty much like, you know, screws everybody over to benefit themselves like that, you know, general idea of selfish that most people see. Yeah. It makes it about them. Gravitas. Yeah. It's like a, yeah. And an insult, which is how I was being, I was hearing it. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you're actually, and this is something mom is doing a master's class right now. And a lot of it was on like mental health and trauma and all that. And like navigating it in a school, whatever. And Carol may have asked for my assistance on more than one occasion. (laughs) And so I learned a lot, but I didn't mind because I enjoy like learning about it. Um, And a lot of the, 
even the stuff I was writing there, which is, I was like, mom, am I going to get plagiarized on my own blog? When you put, they, they put this into, you know, <laughs> when they search it up or whatever, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think that the version of selfish that we should all be striving for is the one that you know yourself well enough to trust yourself and therefore you respect yourself because at the end of the day, like, you know, you despite what anyone else says, Mm. like anyone else, doctors, people, anybody, teachers, whoever, because like I've, I've gone through it. I have. And if I, if that helps with anybody, cool. If not, all right, but I'm voicing it. But yeah, so Selfish Authentic was me pretty much taking back my own truth, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because doubting yourself is a scary process. It just leads to so much unhappiness for people, man. And if they're constantly trying to live up to some label that maybe they're not. It's funny. I I haven't had the guts to say this to all parents, but I've think in just about every meeting when like parents are stressed about a kid getting... Uh, only got to be in math and you know, we need to get extra tutoring and we're going to have them do these worksheets and then she's going to do the, I'm going to take away. I'm like, or we could just say maybe the kid's actually like a C student in math and that's okay to be a C student in math. And the fact that they have a B should be a celebration. And it's not like I get that the sister is going to go to Princeton. What if your kid just is a Dell tech kid that is a nice person? Is that terrible? And it's, it's hard because it does put a lot of pressure because I, and it comes from a good place from the parents. Parents just want whatever they feel is the best and they just want to drive their kids to be the best. But they think it's the best. Yeah. Yes. But then it might not be what the kid uh-huh. sees, feels, knows intuitively is actually best for them. And I, that, that's, I, mm-hmm. I think it's a really creative way to say and like be true to yourself but to me it's just so much better worded i pride myself on those like you know those like two word hitters yeah just like it's like a twitter title i love i love that i love alliteration i love it i live for it yeah, yeah i love a good pun like that is me and those just like come to me like that is the stuff i'd say in conversation that i'm then I'm like, why do I not just write this down and like put it somewhere? Dude, I was talking to a, a girl who's in New York. Um, and there's this whole thing, which again, makes me feel old, but is really cool as I start to just randomly follow people and then people retweet people. And then you're like, oh, let me see if I can get them on this podcast or whatever. Yeah. Her goal is to be a comedian, but not like she tried to do stand up, but she's yeah. really, really good at like funny tweets. Like today, um, I haven't posted her pod yet, but um, Iris, it was like, what if we've misunderstood Goldilocks the whole time and she just went to the wrong bear B&B? And I'm like, dude, that's hilarious. So like she takes that and like that's her portfolio to be like her goal to be a comedic writer for like Jimmy Fallon. And we just throw out these like zingers and let me just give you like 10 zingers. And it seems like that's kind of a, a thing. Like you, it, it's it's interesting to me the way people's minds have those zingers, man. I, I think it's so witty and cool. I get jealous of it. Yeah, but I think for so long though, back to like, I mean, everything we've spoken of, but I didn't think that that was 
like a valuable yes, yes, for so right? long. That, that's a value Follow add. Because yeah. it's My like, brother, no, you're not restating the question right. So you're yeah. not a good student. Where's your third right. piece of evidence with your citation? Incorrect. No doubt. <laughs> like, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> you don't even care. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're just, yes, absolutely. Don't even get me started. Yeah. But yeah, so, yeah, it's just, I don't, it's a matter of, I don't, putting value in, like, not just one thing. I think sometimes parents, and now I'm, somehow I found myself teaching, not even teaching. They call me Miss Caroline, and they think I'm a teacher. It's at a child care center. It's not, yeah, I'm not at Cape Penlopen or anything, like some people. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. that's the mecca. <laughs> Dude, I will watch. <laughs> I don't, in Delaware, I don't know. Okay. They, yeah, they, they do try to make it seem like it's the mecca. Thank you for saying that. You're, you're, thank you. It's, As someone, yes. It's a priority, Ben. It's it's yeah. it it it's hard for me to navigate because I don't understand the dynamics behind it. Um, Compared to Woodward too, especially. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I a student taught at Milford, and I I thought yeah. Milford um was very much more similar to Woodbridge than um Cape is, where like it just I I don't I, it's I, so hard to describe, but like, I never thought of the they, actually, yeah, if I had to describe it, they rules a lot as far as decision-making. When you make a decision, it's like, well, what will they say? And then my response is like, well, who is they? Well, they'll email. Who's gonna email? They're gonna post about it. And maybe it's different because like social media wasn't as big, like when teaching Woodbridge or Milford. But like in Woodbridge, it was all about like, just thinking like, does it work for the kid? Is it best practice? That's what we're doing. Yeah. And like, it has been a very odd, and I mean, I've been at Cape now maybe nine years, but yeah, it wonder. is, it's an interesting, it was very shocking. It was a jarring dynamic when I first got there, especially coming where I came from. I can imagine. Yeah. It's funny I mean, that I like you, that you mock it, that you're like, Cape and Lopin, hands <laughs> well, in the I air. Corbin just as much shit, okay? I give Corbin <laughs> just as much, and Connie, both of them. Dude, and this is so in the weeds, and this is so small town for anybody like who listens outside of our little circle. But dude, there's fucking like 25 of the Woodbridge studs that like I worked with that are now at Cape Man because they were just so fucking good, like genuinely great, authentic teachers with creative ideas who thought outside of the box, made kids first, knew how to analyze data, knew how to like teach not like tell you what to do but like empower kids to feel good and then to take risks so like a kid like you you might have all this anxiety about having to write a formal essay but if i got you gassed up that you're a writer i'm like girl go crush this thing you got a couple little things you got to check off be you and then you're like dude i'm gonna crush this thing because i know i'm good yeah and then it's then it's just like mindless yes because writing to me is effortless like yes. But when you get in your head, it becomes a task. Dude, so many. And they get lost in their own head, man. It's sad to and, see. And you almost feel yeah. terrible for the kids because you're like, this should not be painful. <laughs> like, this At should all. not be a bad experience right now. <laughs> oh, I feel you so much. And it's like, <laughs> take a breath, walk it back. Yeah, feel that. <laughs> no doubt, dude. No doubt. God, how do we get all the way there to from selfishly authentic? Legit. Man, dude, I, I'm a little... I gotta be honest, man. I think if I polled, I think if it was a 
one of the Instagram polls that I'm just finding out about. I think I would vote selfishly authentic over chronically confused. I would too. Man. But I paid for a year. So we got to write it out to the end of the year. Because <laughs> I'm already subscribed. Yeah. I, I, I love that message and I love the wording behind selfishly authentic. Do you, I'll be real mad if it's taken by that point. Yeah, right. no, I'll wait to post this just to help you out. Okay. Um, do, was there a, 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 like a moment that you point to that you were like, I am going to be selfishly authentic? Something that you want to talk about or share? Like that aha moment? Um, I think yeah, I would say, and this again sounds like messed up, I guess. it was. This wasn't even health-wise. My health hadn't spiraled as much. I hadn't even gone to Japan yet. That was a whole other thing. Colin and I went to Japan. Just him and I. Bro. No it's way. It's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. I had, I, but I, we'll get there. I flew back by myself at all. It was mayhem. Call, yeah. But anyway, that's a whole other situation. Colin just wanted to see some anime. <laughs> and he did it. <laughs> but no, um, for so long, like I said, I like doubted myself. And I was doubting a lot of the reason why I hadn't left that relationship like successfully was because one, it was a trauma bond of, you know, which it, do you know what a trauma bond is or whatever? So again, not to be the dude that just talks about other guests and plugs podcasts, but oh, I posted yeah. it today. She's actually out in Greenwood. Have you heard of Zoe Ministries? Out in Greenwood? No, but my parents live there, so okay. as far as I have it. So um, Yolanda is, has a long-term residential – it's supposed to open in November. It just got approved by the state of Delaware for um, human trafficking survivors. And she was basically sex workers get pimped out. And she was describing to me trauma bonds. And when you were talking about the car and the get out, her example was every Friday night, this one victim would have to eat food with a gun to her head. And the perpetrator, the dude who's trying to get control of her, <clears throat> would be pointing the gun and clicking it, saying that there might be a bullet next round. Why are you talking to these men? What are you doing to these men? Mind you, these are men that he is setting up for her to have relations with so that he can get the money. Then after she finished the food, he'd be like, baby, I love you. You know, I didn't want to do that. I'm just trying to give you that message. And for some reason, and it, it, psychologically, I can't get into the how that draws you, but basically it makes that dependency on like this person has my life in their hands. If I leave, I have no life, which is why she'd wanted to set up the long-term residential because it's not something you come out of in like a one-hour counseling session Hey, Caroline, you're fine. Just leave him alone. Here, go, nope. go on Match.com. Go on Christian Mingle. Plenty of nice guys there. Like, you don't get over it in a day, a week, a month. Like, it's different for everyone, man. Like, that bond is Well, tough. yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And it was odd to me because, like, logically, I'm a very logical, rational, like, person. My parents have taught me, like, to be my own person. So there was a lot of, like, low-key guilt. I was hiding the fact that, like, he, I was even still with him. At a certain point, because I knew it was wrong, yeah. um, and I hate being a hypocrite, so I I stopped voicing it, like, stories or anything, because I don't want to say something 
get people's advice and yeah. then and not, not do what you're doing. Push comes to shove. And now you're even more isolated and even more dependent yeah. on this yeah. person because that's your only real relationship. One, yeah. So for so long. I knew I shouldn't be in it, but when I was a sophomore, I tried to leave in college. I tried when we he also went to the same college as me because lo and behold, wound up at the same spot. So 13th grade. But he was older. He was older than me. So I only had to make it two years there. But when I left, he like he took no for an like he wouldn't take no for an answer. So I had to start, I had to bring my mom's car and switch with mine because he would like look for my car and then show up places. He like, it was stuff like that. Like I couldn't escape it. It wasn't a matter of like, Oh, I just really want to call him back. Oh, like I just miss him so much. It wasn't that uh, at all. And I think in a lot of relationships, I like, I even struggle to use the word abusive or even toxic. Um, and I think in part that's because if I said those words to him, even back then, which I wouldn't, because I'm not here to diagnose anyone yeah. at all. But I worry about me, and I do my own therapy. Um, but I struggled to use those words, which was like den- denying reality, almost, if that mm. makes sense. But I, it was almost like I was refusing to give up on all the years that I put in, because what the fuck did I do this for then? Sunken cost fallacy. Have you heard of that? It's no, why, but oh, let's dude, hear it. It's why motherfuckers go broke. It, it's like the stock market thing. So if you buy Bitcoin at 60 grand and it's dropping and it hits 50 and you're like, I've lost 10 grand, I'm going to put more money into Bitcoin. Then it drops to 40. You're like, I'm already 30 grand in. I'm going to go another 10 grand in because it's going to get back. And then it's down to 20 grand. And it's like, do I just accept my loss of $40,000 or do I keep pouring time, money, resource, energy, effort into this because yeah. it will get better? And it's like, now nah, sometimes things don't ever get better and you got to cut bait. So yeah. it's cutting bait, but some academic coined it the, um, yeah, sunken cost. <laughs> That's interesting. I'm going to look into that. Because, yeah, and in the beginning I was what they call love bombed, which is like you get this perfect person. And it was cool. I thought I was getting like the older person. Like, you know, I was a hot shot. I never was like a relationship person ever. I just kept to myself. I mean, I was the same person. I still am at heart as I was in middle school where I'm like, I'm, I'm friends with anyone. I'm not one to gossip. I honestly hate gossip. There's no point to it. I hate running on storylines in my head that aren't factual. I'll stop myself. I'll be like, where's the facts? Because otherwise I'm just wasting my time and energy, which like I refuse to do anymore. I wasted so much. I lost so much. So yeah. I, so I, in that time, my answer to your question, which we've gone far off of now, is I was in a certain situation where I denied the reality for so long. We're back in the truck. Is <laughs> that, you know, hot spot. Um, and we literally, that was a spot to yell at me because that was control, right? Because he's driving. The doors are shut. We're going to jump out. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> I'm not. Um, so it was kind of like, you're going to shut the bleep up and listen which were words that were used and I video recorded it and hearing that back after I still to this day cannot and have not listened to the full video. It was over the, over 11 minutes long, I believe. What made you record? Because I got so sick of it happening 
right? And then nobody's around, right? So they're an angel to everyone else. Nobody's around when it's happening. But most of the time, we are alone, right? So most of the time, you know, there's that. And then there are those good moments, like you talked about. There are those few ones that are like, okay, I see a glimpse of it. Yeah. Maybe, whatever. Maybe it's, maybe it is me. That's the sad part. It always came back to, yeah. maybe it's me. And that, and no confidence, right? So eventually, I was like, I'm tired of having these situations. It happening, I know it's happening because I can't be that nuts, right? I can't be. Like, there's no way. So I'm going to see it for myself so that when I show it to you, this person, you cannot say it's not happening because that's what, what happened. It would happen. I would repeat it to him like, this is not okay. What if this were your daughter? That's what I always brought it back to. Same thing medically. I had to ask doctors that in order to get an answer. And that's sad. They would give me some bullshit thing, or I don't know. And then I'd say, if I was your daughter, what would be the next step? And then magically, you know, it, like something appears. Yeah, like humanistic. Like, like you can't, like I, I, I got to be yeah. your 1030. I can't be Caroline. Like exactly. I, I can't be the, the human. four-minute appointment. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's tough. So I was just at a point where I was sick of it. So a combination of a lot of things. But when I was in that car thing, I remember get when I, I don't remember how I ended up in it. I think he was yelling at me in the development and I was like, this is embarrassing. And I don't want to be looked at that person. Cause I'm really not, I'm not dramatic. I'm not emotional, but he would scream at me to a point where like, eventually you either shut up and take it and you're a lost puppy just like taking the beating right mm -hmm. the verbal beating or you bite back and say something anything like stop and at that point see you're crazy and you're like <laughs> like and it's something that i never seen before my family's not like that yeah, yeah. so I was, it was almost like this can't actually be happening like not really nobody and his family wouldn't like step up I think there were similar dynamics in, you know, his parents and whatnot, but I'm not even here to speak on that. But it was just a matter of seeing that playing back in my gut. It, I just felt like I betrayed myself because that wasn't the first time and it wasn't even the first hundred times. Got you. You know, and that's, I called it verbal assassination. <laughs> like legit. Yeah. See, that goes back to those two word things. <laughs> but legit, I even... I had to, man, I had to find a way to like make use of something. And it was kind of joyful for me to create okay. something out of it, you know, to like see it on paper. Like you've traced your way back to yourself, you know? Yeah. And if you're in a spot where you're constantly being told who you are is not enough, you would have to be selfish to be authentic to you, man. You have to. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, um, it's because you could go so many ways with the words, but the story behind them, especially um, dealing with trauma bonds like that, um, it would be like hope, like you're clinging in the sea and you're just clinging to, I know I'm not this person. Why yeah. am I accepting these waves crashing on me? Right. And I, I think it. that, yeah, that had a lot to do with um, therapy, more of the therapist that I ended up finding along the way and going into college that summer before my grandparents, my papa and mama is what we called them, died back to back three months to the day. 
which rocked my world. They live two doors down on their farm. Like our, like the, our road says adopted by Betty and out in breeding and kids. So like, it, like we are a close knit family every day. I saw them. So it rocked me a lot. Like I couldn't speak on it for the longest time. I remember standing behind the dorm at freshman orientation at Salisbury calling this hotline number that mom had given me and I was shaking, but the number wasn't like calling for like a suicide line or anything. It was a directory to put you in touch with like therapists around, which I thought was so interesting and like awesome, but I never hear about it anymore. You know? Yeah. There's, and I've heard a commercial. I don't know about exactly for that, but like there is a Delaware hotline if you're struggling mentally with COVID. But I think just me being like a government employee and seeing so many people have genuine hearts to help others. There's a shit ton of people out there with like bachelor's degree in counseling. And it like, why wouldn't the state just build up this whole like middle class of white collar professionals who had office hours, especially now with Zoom, like you, you don't even have to have a car to receive counseling. You can still get good counseling if you have a consistent relationship on a Zoom. And like, I feel like that could really be, um, I, I don't know, like like a great use of ta- tax money to help people who want to, yeah. especially with the colleges we have around here. Like it's it's a fairly easy bachelor's degree to obtain if you're genuine about people. Because you're interested. You learn all these theories. You're like, that makes sense. Oh, yes. you're going through I this. I love a good aha moment. I live for yes. it. Those are the best. Yeah. Like when things just kind of like align and finally make sense. Was like it? Was it hard for you to reach out for like the therapy or were you okay being like the vulnerable, Hey man, I gotta go talk to somebody about my shit and get some help. I think like, I remember I was nervous to show up, but not because it was therapy. I mean, at that time in my life, I was probably still nervous to make phone calls. Like (laughs) I'm dead ass serious. Colin, same thing, dude, we're the same. It was like overthinking it. They can't see you. Like it does not matter, but like it are it, it matters. Um, but I've never been one to like, like not even bash therapy. Obviously not bash, but not believe in therapy. Mm. Mom dealt with some mental health stuff back when she was doing college, and I kind of slightly remember. Like so, that was the only real taste that I had of hearing about therapy, I guess. Right. But I was just desperate. I mean, it goes back to, I had no, what else am I going to do? I had no option, but I, what was, what was it going to hurt? I had absolutely nothing to lose. I had five free sessions covered by my insurance. So why the hell not? And it ended up, I saw that lady, she did exactly what I needed in that time for those five sessions. And then she, um, suggested, or just kind of said like, my opinion, and she wasn't a psychiatrist, she was just a psychologist, so she was like, I do think that medicine could benefit you. And I was open to it. My mom was on um, something, I don't who knows at the time, but for that, for depression or whatever, so that wasn't, like, scary for me. Yeah. I just wanted to feel better. And I think I had struggled, well, now I know, with anxiety since I was, I can remember it back when I was in middle school. When you saw me, I probably was struggling with it. And at the time, I would describe my the feeling in my stomach to my mom as it feels like there's a piece of me missing and there's a hole inside of me. Hmm. In my gut. 
very bizarre and like ominous, but legit. And I could never make sense of it or like tell you what that piece was. But that's why I think I always thought I thought I always thought something was wrong with me. If that makes any sense. No, yeah, because you're constantly you you just feel odd, like you just feel awkward, and you're like. like the, most everyone else seems like they're okay with what's going on right now, but I'm not. It's almost like you smell smoke and no one thinks there's a fire. And you're like, why aren't these motherfuckers leaving? How come no one's yeah. getting out of here? Don't they you hear the fire alarm? Yeah, legit. <laughs> yeah, but you're. But for some reason that's like going on in kids' heads often. The, the sad part might be, and I don't know if it's sad. I was reading um, about it today where... <sighs> anxiety levels are decreased so much when other people realize others have, when people realize others have the anxiety. So like just something as simple as like, raise your hand right now if you're nervous about this assignment and you see 12 other hands go up, you're like, oh cool, it's not just me. I have a reason to be nervous. Okay, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be nervous. That's my place. Ah, And it's like controlling, which can help eliminate part of that anxiety. That's, that's what I meant by, like, when I made leave it to Carol, which my name's not Carol. If anyone does not know, mom's name's Carol. My mom's name's Carol. She named me Caroline. She says it's not about her. <laughs> I beg to differ because why else? She says it's just a beautiful name. Yeah, her name's part of it, so, okay. But, um, yeah, I... I don't even remember where I was going with that. I got so caught up with Carol. She just takes up so much. The Roman shit. She's 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 got a lot of um. She's living in your mind rent free, right? She does. Is that does. what they would say? <laughs> no, I, yeah. we were oh, just talking no, about yeah, general anxiety, man, and like how. It yeah. Feels so weird. it was a matter of I I can't be the only one feeling like this, and I got tired of at this time. I mean, I had hair still. I was still thriving. We were still good. I was tired of having those moments where I have like been so stressed out and anxious about something, anything, something small for the longest time and put so much like mental energy into it. It's a Only come to find out someone else and almost everyone else is dealing with it. And I'm like, are you, we could have all just spoken up and been like, you dealing with the shit? Yeah. You do? Doesn't it suck? And yeah. then kind of like, okay, thank God. It's not yeah. just me, like you said. It's not. And dude, it would be like a three to five minute conversation amongst a group that would save oh, you yes. like hours. I like, I, I can't oh. even imagine like you trying to go to sleep at night and kids like that, man. Kids like that what? Kid, no, kids who have that feeling how oh, they have out. to try to go to sleep. And like it's part of, it. dude, they're, they can't shut off their mind. So they're like, oh. that's why they're. Part of why I think they're like always wanting to game or always wanting to be on their phone because they yeah, they just don't want to be in their head because they can't shut it off. Yeah, I not to bring it to a dark topic, but like suicide in itself. Like, I mean, I even wrote a blog on suicide. I am not one that thinks anybody should ever take their own life ever. Nor am I this like massive suicide advocate that's like getting the word out and like all that. But I have been at such a low spot in my life. I called it the deadly duo. There you go. Another two hitter. And it's a mixture of hopelessness, hopelessness and helplessness. That is absolutely terrifying because you're about to hit the place where there's no turning back. But I was one that thankfully I would never be one to 
follow through with that permanent decision, but I get it. I get if you don't have that support system or you don't have the knowledge or like my therapist that I have now that I love, she's my ride or die gal. She'll be at my wedding. I'm not engaged or anything, but in the future, you feel me now in a happy, healthy relationship. We all good there. Um, but she would always tell me until to this day does. She's like, Caroline, your, you know, your mind works completely like significantly different than everyone else. You know that your mind's different than everyone else. And I know that, but that's so frustrating to me. Cause I'm like, I'm not a genius of any sort, like at all. Hence why you should be so insecure. Cause Colin, all my older brothers were like geniuses and academics. And here I was like, I was good at sports, but like, I didn't love sports. Like my parents wanted me to. So yeah, I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. You were on, I, you got a little, um, off. I, I think the hopeless and helpless Dudley oh, yeah. duo, I believe I was reading another, um, experiment. It's fucked up how we like do rats in society. Like we hate rats, but so much of science is in part because of rats. I want to say they've um, put like a rat in a bucket to time how long they can tread water before they die and just drown. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, make up numbers, 10 minutes. A rat, throw 100 rats in a bucket, 10 minutes, that sucker just goes down. Can't get out. So at 9.59, if you drop a ladder in there, that rat gets a hold of something, gets help for just a second, then you remove it. That thing will tread water for like another hour and a half or two hours. And they have this whole other level that they can get to because they have hope. And I think what you're saying, the hopeless and helpless, that when people reach that point, it, 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 it's, it's over for them. Because what am I doing this for? Even if I try to do anything, it's not going to work out. No. Dude, did anybody, did anybody with the medical stuff? try to put together like the psychological, Hey, you've been through all this. Maybe these are why some symptoms are coming up. Um, yeah, but that, that really messed with my head because I almost <laughs> felt as if that was validating the other people that weren't believing me. Does that make sense? Oh. Yeah. So I, when I went to one of these big time hospitals, um, they threw out this, it wasn't, I don't, the words not psychiatric, I don't even remember the name of it, but he had, he admitted he had never in his life diagnosed with someone ever. I was the first official diagnosis of this for, from him. Groundbreaking. And he worked for years, huh? Groundbreaking. It no would doubt. be, it'll be named for. after you. They're like, oh, you have Caroline symptoms. The syndrome. Same <laughs> right here. Yes. Shout out. No. So, but yeah, when he gave me that, I remember I sobbed. You can ask my mom. She still remembers it. In the backseat of that van the entire way home. It just killed me. Like, that was the worst and lowest I ever was. Because the diagnosis was, hey, this is a mental thing that is causing these physical symptoms. Yeah, and then I became really pissed off when I realized it actually wasn't true that I had it. Because now I'm like, so I just went through all this mental mayhem, that's another one, <laughs> for nothing. Like, I got so sick of diagnoses just being thrown out. Like, just stop. Just don't say anything. If you, I would rather you not say anything than say something that you're not sure of. I'm very big on, like, I have to have the evidence to believe it. 
Yeah. That's how I got back to where I am now and like myself insecure, like security agency, self-agency, all that. Like I navigated it all. I, I had to be sure that it wasn't not me. Does that make sense? No, because yeah, and I didn't even now I feel like a little bit a little bit of a jerk for being okay, like for bringing it up about okay. could there be, but I was thinking, man, like so no. much stress. I've heard stress takes a very negative toll on the body. And I'm, you yeah. know, so originally like hearing all the backstory now, I'm like, like, no wonder your mind is going on you because man, you're, you're taxed. You've, you've been like revving at a hundred yeah. RPMs. Maybe that thing just burn out. And that was the symptom of the fainting or the memory loss. Right. And I did burn out, but I hadn't considered that it would so much like victim blaming in a sense. Where it's like, yeah. wow, so Again, you you're the problem. And it's like, dude, I swear yeah. to God, it's not me. Yeah, legit. Like, I would not be paying all this money to come see you to get this answer. Like, no, <laughs> like, logically, it doesn't make sense. That's why I'd get so mad if I thought that they thought I was crazy. Because I'm like, so many other things I could put my time into. Name one thing that I'm benefiting from this. Like, not one yeah. at all. I look crazy now. <laughs> like, yeah. legit. So, no, I... That was hard. It was hard, but again, if I had not gone through all of this, even my hair, let's throw it to my hair, right? That, that was the toughest thing I ever have. And there's a chance we'll ever have to go through. And I'm only 24. Hopefully, hopefully it would be the toughest yeah. thing you got to go through. Which I'd be like, all right, but honestly, I'm set for anything. I've gone through some shit that like nobody else, I had no help because nobody had been through it. So I didn't really like validate any other help. Because you hadn't been there, right? Mm -hmm. So I went kind of on this solo journey. I hate that word. But, like, to figure my shit out, and like, myself. Like, who am I? What do I stand for? I put this thing on my wall that, and this is, like, me looking like a potato. I lost my, the top of my hair, and I can laugh about it now. I could then, too, because I had no other option. I lost <laughs> my eyebrows, my eyelashes. I looked like this potato alien. That was just bizarre. Yeah. I don't think I've I, ever seen anybody without eyelashes. Neither like have I. That's I in the third mirror. level. It, it was nuts. Nuts. So I was having no answers. And now I look crazy. That's the other thing. No, I'm dead ass serious. <laughs> no, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because right? like, I'm thinking like people feel – people can be like, man, I'm fucking crazy. But then you look in the mirror like, oh, wait, I kind of look like everybody else. But then all of a sudden, if that's being reaffirmed, man, yeah. like that, that's why I was getting, I was like, damn, you can't even like brush your teeth without nope. being reminded of like, exactly. Fuck. And you, you don't even realize yeah. it until you literally have to be, you know how many mirrors there are places, man? Dude. It, They're everywhere. Right. That's everywhere. what I'm thinking. But I had to start getting to know and getting to a point of liking what I saw in the mirror. That was the toughest thing I had to do because I didn't even like the way I looked before I lost my hair, which I just want to slap little Caroline for that. Like, who do you think you are is what I want to say. Absolutely not. Like, have you ever looked at a picture from the past of yourself and thought like, and I thought I looked like blank, like a dork or whatever. I thought I looked bad, bad. Who, who cares? Right. And then you look at it later in life and you're like, that was the prime. All right. And you took it for granted the entire time. Like, 
So I think I honestly, in whatever way, like had to lose my hair, had to go through all that. And I still have like lingering symptoms, like physically, like my skin always burns everywhere. The numbness, all that. Um, but I'm not fainting. I work full time, which I never, th- I honestly got to a point accepting that new normal yeah. that I didn't think I'd ever be able to work or function as like an actual adult independent person. Dude. Yeah. I was that, fuck. Yeah. Cause then it's like, yeah. great. Now I get to be the basement person living Burn in it. the attic. Like I'm a drain. And, yeah. and it was like going backwards in time to like childhood dealing with it. Like everybody else had to move in with their, like some people to their parents house for COVID and all that. Yeah. I had to do that junior year of college because I had no other option. I could not function. There were times where I couldn't feed myself. So I was fine. COVID was fine for me. That sounds insensitive and it is serious and you know, all that, but dude, it's okay. I, 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 I'm on record as saying COVID was maybe the best 15 months. One of the best stretches of my life. Yeah. Very fortunate that that happened for me. And it's almost a little bit of survivor's guilt, but I think there's more people out there that they don't want to be insensitive to those that lost people that those who lost their jobs where you don't want to come up like a schmuck. Cause it's like, dude, I'm sorry. I got away scot-free, but like the time and the reflection and the fact that life kind of slowed down and it went so anti-capitalistic to me was like, I don't know. It was refreshing in some sense. Yeah. It was this whole entire year, past year has just been like, well, you got like a whole different, I don't know what the word is. Well, you got a whole different level of like enlightenment. If you're getting to way more of a normal that you would want. (laughs) Yeah. Legit. This COVID time has been the first time in my life that I can honestly remember. That's how long that all was that span that I can remember like feeling like a person even when we were stuck inside mm-hmm. because like at least I had myself back like who I was but man when you don't know yourself you're putting yourself in dangerous territory for a multitude of things in life like if I have any advice for anybody you have to get to know yourself and I don't care how you do it I really don't but your sister and I never, I never was blessed with a sister I got all brothers no shade, but whatever, whether it's a sister, your um, aunt, whoever, your friend, they're not always the best quote unquote therapist because they're not a therapist. Like teachers go to school for teaching there and we trust them, right? We send our kids to them. We do all that, you know, but therapists, like there's this stigma with therapy that it's, why would I spend my money to tell someone to just vent to someone? They can just listen, blah, 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 because they're trained to listen for certain things. They have coping mechanisms that they can provide you with based on like personalized to your story. Yeah. Like people don't grasp how like big the concept of therapy actually is. It's like listening to someone's story and that in itself, the ability to actively listen, not a lot of people carry. And that was one of the first skills I knew I had. Yeah. And to like actually believing I had. Right. So yeah. And it might not be the first therapist, but that is a step in the door and you're closer. If anything, you're speaking out some of the things that are stuck inside of you 
that yes will cause physical harm if you do not get rid of. Yeah, dude, it's so fun. I, I can't wrap my head around why talking about shit makes you feel better, but it really does. Like, it, I, 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 I don't get yeah. why. I think there's a difference between talking about shit, though, and gossiping about shit. I think gossiping can get to... Because you'll internalize that as well. If you're talking about someone else... Oh, no, I'm talking about, like, your own well. feelings. So you're going through issues. You want to express them. In the therapy... I, I would hope people wouldn't waste their therapy time on gossiping about others. Uh, I would think... You'd be surprised, my dude. You'd be surprised. <laughs> people lie in therapy. I'm serious. People tell the therapist certain points of the story to, like, navigate the, th- the session how they want. It's a thing. Gotcha. But however you choose to spend your money is up to you. You know? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah. yeah. I've, I've never... I, I'd be interested if there was some sort of, like, neurologist or someone who could help me to understand. Because that stress stays in, but then something about just getting it... Like the whole saying, get it off your chest, is a saying for a reason. And I'm just... I don't know. I've never actually had it broken down to me like why that is helpful. Funny you ask. (laughs) Nicole Sachs, LCSW, I think is what it is. Look her up. I I promise you. She's in Delaware. Um, So she, when all this went down, so there's this thing called journal speak, right? And Dr. Sarno, who's this doctor who came up with it. And there's all this stuff based behind it. I have um, Nicole's book. But when all this was going down, she um, she is also a, I want to say therapist, don't quote me on that, but she does, she kind of took on Dr. Sarno's practice, right? And journal speak is pretty much, for those who don't know, like, there's, there's more to it. Like, you create li- three different lists of, like, past stressors, current stressors, and something about personality, um, but just, like, general things, like, family things, right? Anything, sports, whatever. Um, my boss, this, that, and you open your journal or whatever it is. I don't care. You can even do it on your laptop and you just look at the list. Right. And whatever is like, really like stands out to you that day. Like it's probably what you're pissed about, mm-hmm. <laughs> you could just go straight into it. Sometimes I do, I call that brain dumping, but whatever. Um, and you just go at it like hardcore and you just let your mind talk, which is what I often do a lot anyway. And you do it in a way that, like, you're not, you don't feel guilty for what you're saying because you know that, like, like, you get pissed off your kid. I don't have kids, but you have a child. You have a daughter, daughter. right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so you're not, you don't hate her, but some of the things she does, you're like, mother, mm, like, what are you thinking? It's upsetting, yeah, for sure. Right. So you have those feelings we all do, but if you never say them out loud, you just keep them down because you'd rather not be looked at that way sorry, um, or a certain way. You will become like physically sick. And in Dr. Sarno's practice, he studies people and has used this practice to cure chronic illnesses, like chronic pain, all these different things. And long story long, evidently, I love it, man. <laughs> I came across her podcast when I was for at, I had just maybe shaved the rest of the hair I had left, mm. right? So real low, wearing hats. I only got out of the car at the gas pump, did not go inside. Like, I was, I didn't want anybody to see me that had seen me before, right? Because it was such a difference that you'd be like, are you okay? And, Which is pretty hard in yeah. Sussex County on a peninsula. Yes, sure is. <laughs> so, um, 
I was doing all that, and like I said, I came across your podcast, and I was listening to it, and it's hard for me sometimes to, like, lock in with something and, like, just let it flow and listen. Like, not people. People I'm fine with doing that with. I love doing that. It's natural. But, like, even songs, like, sometimes I'll try and personalize the story too much to me, and then I can't listen to it. Like, who do I think I am? I don't know. But I her she brought up journal speaking. That's what her, like, practice is on, taking over it for him. And she had this um, get-together. It was not a get-together, but for that specifically and the promotion of that in Milton, right? And I'm like, I thought this lady, it's crazy how unless you know where someone's from or, like, what they look like, you have no idea. Right. (laughs) I thought she was this, like, big-time person out in Cali, like, you know, like, Big time. Yeah, yeah. She lived in Lewis. <laughs> like, she's right there, which no shade, but like I had no idea. No, yeah. Well, that's that. a Delaware. It, it's maybe imposter yeah. syndrome or Delaware complex. Like if you're not from New York or California, you're not big time. And it's like yeah. if someone comes down with a degree from Temple compared to Salisbury or even you at D, you're like, oh, you went to Temple? Right. It's like this thing that we have in slower, lower. It's a little Weird. bit. Yeah, it's a little bit like what you were saying about, like, Cape. Like, it, there's always – I don't know if that's just us, but, like, we rank. Maybe, I feel like Oh, it's no people, doubt. The high right? school rank in Delaware is real. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I don't want to get you off on the tangent, but it is – like, it. it's funny how you can feel guilty about, like, you're just in Delaware. I don't mean it's insulting. I'm just surprised no. there's, like, competent – thorough professional studied people and <laughs> it's, what are like, I know, like, but it's so true you're like what are they and then lo and, and behold we have a president now <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, legit. like i i thought i was about to have to dish out like mad money for some retreat yeah or and like fly somewhere yeah right go to and arizona it, it was like 30 dollars, and it was in milton and i'm like awesome like greenwood i was living with mom and dad at the time greenwood's like 30 minutes at that. Yeah. So I was like, awesome, let's go. So I went and it was so many people that had, it wasn't the same story as me, obviously, but so many stories that were what seemed to be um, un, like unable to survive, <laughs> like through. Dire. Which I've been there. So, but I saw success stories. So I was like, this is not some pyramid scheme. Okay, check. Because I was always hesitant of that. Because when I was sick, there were doctors that would try. Mom almost paid $800 to this person who came off as someone that treated specifically that psychiatric diagnosis from that one hospital. Mm-hmm. So not only was that a misdiagnosis, but then the only people that would specialize in it weren't real. It was a whole slew of get a referral like that's part of the medical system where i I don't Mm want to go conspiracy because i feel like it would take over my life but if you started tracking relationships and referrals you really do wonder like the kickback system and scheme that could so easily be because what's more valuable than your health and who's not willing to pay for their health and for normal and you'll do anything and it's so hard to be objective man because yeah you're so desperate and i i I want to have more faith because I do have, I feel like I do have solid faith in people, but I, I, I don't want to let my mind get there yeah. at the same time. I know that yeah, shit's out there. Yeah, man. It, that dude, that's yeah, I got a rude awakening, but I, I still, it comes back to, I refuse to become cold to the world because of 
Yes, I wound up with person after person after person, but maybe I found a select group sample that just like so happened to be like that. I don't know, but I have no other option but to be optimistic. Anyway, so Nicole, I remember going there and she was so, I was so scared to go back to the same, like I was afraid to make phone calls. Um, But I remember sitting on the ground and some of it seemed like a little woo-woo. Again, I, if it's out there, it's hard for me to, like, rein it in and, like, believe fully in it. But she started talking about it and, like, explaining it. And at the end of Journal Speak, the point is, it's not just, like, journaling where you would journal because then we just journal, right? But at the end of it, you rip up the paper. You throw it away. You do whatever. You burn it. Whatever it is, it's gone. But you got it out. So, like, back to where we started this, the whole advice thing, like, get to know yourself, like, get in touch with yourself, dig in, like, that shit's not going anywhere, and that's scary, but it's even scarier, the longer you wait, the more is building, the more you have to do, like, so I'm grateful I went through all that stuff when I did that young, 19, however old that was, because I did the work that most people don't do until they're, like, 40 plus, I mean, most of my friends do are not like me and that's fine. Right. Like I used to think that I was, that was bad, that I wasn't like everyone else. I thought that I was awkward as hell. Right. And I thought that that was bad. So I would go into situations feeling and anticipating awkwardness only to be awkward because if you think you're going to be awkward, guess what? Yeah, yeah. You're probably going to look pretty awkward. <laughs> For sure. Right? Yeah. It's self-fulfilling. And that is unlikable. Yeah. Cause you're not being selfishly authentic. Right. Yeah. Comes all back. So yeah, um, I, this is just how I've survived to be so serious. <laughs> this is how I am. Just weaving it all together, making a tight, tight Connect blanket. The dots. Connect the dots. <laughs> Dude, it's been it's been a journey. Anyway, Nicole, she's here in Lewis, Delaware, shout out. And she, she just kind of, like I said, took over Sarno's work and he's passed since. So obviously he can't do the work. And it, that is the one thing that significantly helped me. And if that, if I didn't go to therapy, I mean, I don't think it's a supplement to like fill in completely for therapy. I think therapy is so beneficial and we can all use it because no one's perfect. We all have shit. And who are you telling the two? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I really think culturally, I, I would hope anyway, that therapy, therapists could almost be in the same class of personal trainers where like, would you be embarrassed if you were an athlete to get one-on-one agility lessons? Probably not. Matter of fact, you probably pay a lot of money for oh, someone who's a former D1 athlete. We got a bunch of them at Cape, man. They got hella side hustles. I was a former D1 athlete. You want your kid to jump? be quicker, explode more, blah, blah, blah. Yep. I'll train them. And therapy for the mind, which is going to be with you so much longer than your athletic ability. Why not work on that and have that at the same regard? And I really think that people are getting to that place of accepting it where like, I I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like therapists would almost have to hide their parking lots. Like they would want a parking lot to be at the back this way. If people were driving by the street, Cars couldn't be seen in the front. Therefore, the stigma of, oh, I saw Caroline's car at therapy on Thursday night. 
you know, I like, no, 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 not, not you, but I think <laughs> no, I now like the parking lots are fine in the front. And yeah. I don't think there is that stigma. Cause I think people are realizing you're becoming more self-aware. Like, why would you want to suffer mentally, but appear physically fine? If we're all about appearing physically fine, shouldn't we be about mentally being fine? And the old thought was like, you go to therapy, you're weak. When really yeah. you go to therapy because you have stuff that you're dealing with and we are human beings, therefore we're imperfect. So isn't it more weak to not admit that you have stuff going on Yeah. yeah. and like handle it in an effective way to someone that's paid Absolutely. to like do it? That's their job. Yeah, no doubt. It, and it, it, yeah, another analogy, whatever, to analogize it to death would be like if your roof was leaking, man, not everybody's made to fix a roof. You know, you can get up there and try to seal yeah. some stuff. Duck there ain't nothing wrong. You'd be kind of stupid to just accept the leak or to deny the leak because you don't, you're too proud to call a roofer. Right. Yeah. Because your house looks bad. Yeah. Just, yeah, get the help. No, I think. It's your house. You don't. You're I feel like it really is like my. Again, I turned 40 this summer. I feel like my demographic is right on that edge. I really thought – I'm kind of surprised that uh, the stigma would still be around with someone in their 20s about therapy. What do you mean? Like me? Well, no, not you, but like being – I thought like people in your age group would be way more accepting. Like it wouldn't even be a consideration to be like <laughs> – I'm going to therapy. There's a little bit of stigma still to it. I almost thought like society kind of had brushed that away in the last 10, 15 years. I've definitely experienced it, experienced it more in guys. I'm not generalizing or anything just from what I've seen and like personally witnessed. Like I, I'm the type of person where if someone's talking to me, we start as a normal conversation. I'm talking like a stranger at a gas station. It could be right. Same as my mom start as a normal conversation. And before you know it, that person opens up about something that you're like, all right, this isn't a normal thing to open up about. But for some reason, they trust me with it, right? Yeah. And my end game is to be a therapist. However, not getting paid for it yet. So <laughs> there's that. But I think it's a matter of, with guys anyway, It's a. I think it is pride. I think it's, they don't want to admit that something's wrong, which I've been there. I have. But like, if, wouldn't you rather admit it's wrong and then go have a chance at fixing it or like solving it, you know, cause nothing's ever permanent. I truly believe that everything is figure outable. Everything is like some of the stuff I went through. I, there was points where I was like, there is no way out of this. We are in the mud and we chilling here. But Let's actually to circle back for the 25th time. I feel like we're being tracked through the woods and the bloodhounds are on us and we just keep like circling back to cover our trail. Um, we, yeah. To the to the alopecia diagnosis, you're getting the graph, and like, how, what's the reaction when that comes out? When they're like, "Hey," and I can't even pronounce the second part of the alopecia. Aria. Can you spell that for me? Because I'm a terrible speller. So it's A R E A T A. Oh, yeah, I definitely want to spell it that way. So <laughs> you get that diagnosis. Like, what is? Do you accept it right away? Are you skeptical of it? You're like, man, this is just some other bullshit that um, they're trying to get me with. I think my words were something along the lines of, I knew it, thank God. Really? So it just felt right? Yes. That was it. Finally. like so, And not, not like finally as in I got a diagnosis. It was more of finally as if 
every this makes sense. This has logic to it. Okay. And then when my dad finally like came to the awareness that he had alopecia himself, I was like, well damn, all right, here we go. Um, don't get me wrong, I wasn't like, thank God my sick girl saga journey's over, because that's what I called it. <laughs> I hated it. Like hated being the sick girl. Um, but yeah, I, I had an answer and it sucked because it was like back and forth, good, bad. So it was like, I had an answer and it was alopecia areata, but there's no cure for it. But there's a chance that you'll get your hair back, but there's a chance that you won't. And if you do, then blah, blah, blah. Like it just kept going back and forth. But that diagnosis kept me going. I will say that it was a life raft, no doubt. So there's not like a, a treatment for it? So I, there are treatments, let's say, and doesn't work, same don't work for everyone. You know, I get these steroid injections in my scalp and in my eyebrows when my hair starts to go. Um, fun fact, it is. <laughs> but I went through it once and now I'm at the, I could do it. Honestly, I could do anything. I'll figure it out. I'm great at it, evidently, you know, like <laughs> doing. <laughs> not trying to sound cocky, but I'm a great yeah. <laughs> tough times teach you a lot. They really do. But yeah, I just got real gritty. That's what I said. It. I used to say, "Let's get gritty," <laughs> and I would just like suck it up, move on, look at the little sticky note that I would put on my windshield, like my um, rear view mirror. Mm -hmm. That would have something like, "You're gonna kill this day." Or like something, whatever I needed in that time, just a little sticky note. And I would just stick it up there. I'd look at it, breathe, stop the thoughts that I was running off on that weren't true and keep gliding. Cause what else are we going to do? Yeah. Be paralyzed by those uh, terrible thoughts. It. So easy to be. Yeah. All right. So man, got the hair thing <laughs> under control. What like the and the mind like you've remembered forty eight different times what we were talking about and backtracked. So the mind and the feigning things seem uh much more like they're completely gone or I wouldn't say completely. I don't think I'll ever be able to say completely, to be honest. Which not my favorite thing about situation, but it could be a lot worse. Do you have your license or did your license yeah, ever get yeah. taken? I'm dry. I'm fine. No, it never got taken, which is probably an issue, but we're fine. <laughs> yeah, because um, I've known people who have like, you know, they've passed out and then it's like, that's a mandatory, whatever, like six months at the DMV and then you got to get cleared, blah, blah, blah. So that's what I was yeah. wondering. I got to know my body so well that I could feel the faint coming. Really? So I would pull over and park my car prior to fainting. I, it got down to a science. Stop, dude. Really? What does it yeah. feel like when a faint's coming on? Like a yawn? Like... No, not a yawn. I wish it was like a yawn. That sounds a little more enjoyable. No, it was like disorienting almost. Like like things started to seem not real. And like I was driving a car in a video game, but one that I felt lethargic in gotcha. <laughs> and like not okay. And then slowly I'd just feel weak and then, yeah. And I would, if I was standing up, it was really weird. I, if, I wish someone could have videoed it or like, if my parents had a camera at home, because I would faint down the wall. I really would. Like slow motion fall? What does that mean? Yeah. Down the wall? So I would feel it coming, and I would, like, put my hand on the wall. And then I would, like, start to go black and black out. And then I would, like, literally lose 
my stability and like slowly start to and it was like I was shifting down the wall so so like I thank god I can laugh at myself because good golly this was odd but I would faint in and out going down the wall and then I would just show on the floor until I was gonna get it. yeah it's so odd I know wait when you say camera like that was happening like when you were a child early age um this was happening like definitely end of middle school the fainting part. Wow. But, yeah. Monopoly driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a new territory for me. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Dude, who knew? Yeah. Who knew all that fucking tornado of emotions? <laughs> and somehow, we're here. Somehow you're functioning. What were you on? What was your... Did you have a major? Major when you went to Salisbury? <laughs> you rolled your eyes. Oh, my gosh. So... And that, that would be the longest story ever. So I started, when I was little, I wanted to be a vet. When I was, I went to tech to be in, in dentistry, the dental oh, program at tech, which okay. I graduated by completing. Um, we, oddly enough, mom now takes us back, but there were certain areas of like career paths that she would kind of push me away from, which were the ones that she did not, whether it was enjoy or like, whatever like criminal justice she was like nah so mom was actually gonna be a cop my mom was right and then she was like nah because they they gave they fought back too much and carol doesn't like being told now let's be honest (laughs) and now she's a teacher and has been for years corbin's a teacher so many teachers and for whatever reason it was like no so she steered me away from child ed which she now says she didn't but i promise you she did (laughs) Um, so I was dental and then when I went to Salisbury I was marketing no I was management no I was nursing then management then marketing then almost accounting then course corrected real fast because that would have been the dumbest mistake math not my best subject to say the least and eventually with all this happening like when I say I lost my hair and it made me like who I've always like been supposed to be like embodying like, I am now on track to finish my degree, my bachelor's degree, and go on to become a therapist. Okay. Which is what I originally wanted to do, but therapy hadn't yet been validated in my mind. As a if career? Was, yeah, dad was always big on, like, make sure that you're making the money. It doesn't matter if you're, if you, every job you're going to have that boss. Every job, blah, 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 blah. You, you need to make the money to survive, not focus on blah, blah, which... I definitely internalized that to be like, you think that I'm taking the easy way out or that this isn't valuable back to people not valuing therapy. Like Mm. this isn't valuable because they make this much money. Well, teachers don't make that. Yeah. I thought therapists make pretty good money. Is it like, I, I guess I've never actually Googled around. You say the word therapist, but maybe now you're thinking of someone like, with their own practice who's counseling, but now I'm wondering how many people get a therapy degree and then actually get to practice, be their own boss type. I don't know any. Right? Yeah. Now I'm thinking too, I'm like, I don't really know if I know any. Yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be best case scenario in the end game. Yeah. So then like, really you're just becoming like a, I shouldn't say just becoming, but you're becoming like a state counselor, I guess is what I would think about around here. Unless you're a school psychologist, but then you got to be a psychologist. You're not a. Right. Yeah. Because counselors, 
weirdly enough in schools that's it's not really counseling you see them one time a year to like make sure you're it's clerical work man it's the biggest fucking misnomer um that's out there uh that's i could go off on a whole thing on that yeah (laughs) no they just passed the bill um acting like it's to me it's not enough because like the numbers if anybody knows anything about counseling it's all about consistency and frequency and you only have so much time in your day so if you're trying to give a weekly therapy session to a student or counseling and you just go half hour in a seven and a half hour day, you're looking at, what's that? 15 kids, 15 kids a day. I would say. Right. So 15 kids a day times five, that's 75 kids a week. If you have a counselor and I think the bill was like for every 450 elementary students, we'll give you one additional counselor. It's like, oh, cool. Then a kid can be met with once a week, every six weeks. That'll, that'll do it. It's like nobody would sign up for that in in like the real life, but that's kind of where the state is as far as counselors. Yes. Just to say they've done something. And it's something that really needs to be looked at, man. Like they, there should be a way lower ratio for kids. Yeah. But that would be like getting to the source. And unfortunately, what I've learned (laughs) is that most people aren't aren't like, let's get to the source type of people. They're like, all right, what will make you shut up right now? Like instant satisfaction in today's society is bizarre to me. I asked a student, I call them my students, I promise you I'm not at a school district. Miss Brady. But I asked one of them last week to prove a point to my boss, right? I was like, watch. I knew it. I said, would you rather have, I think I said, $5 right now, or 15 and I might have bumped it to 20 two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. Yeah. Without it, any thought, $5. Well, how old are the kids, though? This one was 12. Oh, yeah, that's a problem. So that's yeah, like it. the cognitive test. That's the marshmallow test. Have you heard of that? Or come yeah. across? Yeah, yeah. yeah, right? So it's the same thing. They found a fish that would delay gratification. And that's the whole like level of cognitively you can function and be a – you're in your right mind if you can delay gratification. Yeah. I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, like cognitive awareness. There was a fish at the bottom of the sea that would like not eat one shrimp because if they delayed it, they would get two shrimp later. And it freaked people out. They were like, oh my God, fish are starting to process like consequences and they're going to take over the world. Yeah. Like robots. Yeah. (laughs) So I was wondering if it was a kid that was like four because they're supposed to not delay gratification 12. So you think that's like a symptom of society, huh? That's just where we are. So I, I talk about this all the time. Austin will tell you, my boyfriend always, because I come home from work and there's just more stories and I wish I didn't have more stories. Because it, some of the things I'm like, I asked him yesterday, probably today too, am I just, like, are these people or kids just like a sample size that's not representative of the rest of the world? Because that, I okay. But if they are a representation of the rest of the world, scary. like, what is, what is, what is this? Because it's scary. I mean, I have kids that... <laughs> You sound so old. <laughs> I and I know it's horrible. I know. Where am I? <laughs> Dude, I haven't even gotten there yet, man. I haven't even gotten so to the know. Sample size. What's it's wrong sample with size. these kids today? 
Man, maybe I'm fighting it because I don't want to be. I know when you say that, that is the fucking marker of you are old. When you're like, what's wrong with these kids today? But honest, I think it's selfish. Wait, let me ask you a question. Here, here we go. How old is your daughter? Eleven. Okay. Does she have a phone? Uh, she just her mom got her one. We'd been like, she had an iPod that was kind of hooked up to Wi-Fi with a couple apps, and now she's still on Wi-Fi. Um, she got Snapchat for like a minute because she said she wanted to text like with the cool filters with my aunts, and I was like, ain't happening, bro. Like. No, yeah. like you can have your little Facebook messenger. You're shooting messages with Apple. Why do you need Snapchat? If, if we've already conceded on these two that we can kind of monitor, now you're going to have a Snapchat login and now you're just going to be going through like TikTok videos next. And no, now, now five, five years have gone and you're 16 and you haven't left your room. Like that's where my mind went. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if that answers, but I guess it's like half a phone. So I, that, Okay. That, that is the type of parent I feel as if I would be. I mean, I had a flip phone, first of all. Yeah. First phone was a flip phone. I think that's what you should start with. <laughs> Why do you need an iPhone? And I know this makes me sound old. I really know it does. But like the kids at daycare, they will clown on Miss Caroline, yes, me in third person, for having the oldest phone. An iPhone, what is this, a 7? I don't know because I don't care. <laughs> I've taken care of it, first of all. That's number one. And I don't care. I'm not one that's glued to my phone. I don't have a social media addiction. I don't care. I don't count on likes. I don't care. Truly don't. Yeah. You like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't. That's a you thing. It's not my It's not my problem or my business, you know? But old Caroline? Yeah, <laughs> different story. She was like, you don't like me? Let me change everything about myself to make it convenient for you to have me around. Yeah. That's where yeah. social media had you, huh? I don't think it helped. And I came, like, when I when social media started, I was probably, and actually got into, you know, like, real society, like, ingrained. I was probably, it, it had to have been at least high school. I yeah. don't remember it at all. Yeah, right. That's because I was actually thinking about this when um, you had gotten up with me. I was thinking about other kids, and I remember I was coaching basketball. Um, I think it was Dwayne Hopkins, and I, I can't him. can't remember him in relation to you as far as grades. But I think he was a couple years Colin. ahead, right? He was Colin. Okay. Yeah. Right. So yeah. there was some MySpace drama that he had posted something, and I remember like having to figure out, and I'm like why do we care about this? Like, why, why is this a big deal? But it was a big deal. And, but I think that was the generation where it was like starting to get into that MySpace. And then maybe you were like what trying to, trying to get like a Facebook when you were in high school. Yeah. I mean, MySpace was savage. If you don't remember, you had to make, you made friend list that you would bump a friend. Like people would bump friends if they were whatever that day, not their cup of tea off the number one, you would like rank your friends. Oh my God, dude. I don't remember that. How like that, like no wonder we're all screwed up. That's psychological warfare. Like my yeah. daughter deals with that now. Like I'm not going to be your friend unless that's like the classic recess thing. I'm not going to be your friend if you're friends if with you her kind yep. of a thing. And now all of a sudden you got to pick a side. I had no idea. I had no idea MySpace did that. Oh yeah, and I didn't do that. That wasn't me again. Like I was never. I always hung out with Colin's friends. Like, I think that it benefited me having all older brothers because, like, now, especially in relationships, when you're in a healthy, sustainable, like, compatible relationship, it's chill. 
like I think like him. I think like the guys because I grew up like I played up my age group in soccer so that mom and dad could teach Colin and I or coach our team with Kirsten, Blake, Willie Davis, all of us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, our my our parents coached us. So like Colin's friends were my friends. Kirsten to this day. I called her yesterday. Like still I ride or die. But yeah, it's a, it's a different time. Even like what people call friends nowadays. I look back on my cringy Facebook posts, which one horrific, like. What makes them horrific? They're so like, <laughs> I couldn't see. I can't logically see myself like posting it. Like, just got home from soccer practice. Smiley face. Ha ha. Um, it's raining. Might get a shower. Then maybe lay in bed. Ha ha. Texts. Heart. Like, what? Who are you? And what? Do, who are you talking to? I know Facebook says, what are you thinking or whatever when you type in a post, but like, yeah. no, nobody cares. I probably got no texts. Like, just very bizarre. I don't know. But I like, don't so remember that version. What's the difference between that and then like blogging out your thoughts, man? Because these actually, my thoughts now make sense. It's not just a random list, but like, were you posting that because you were genuinely debating, do I shower or were you posting that thinking that was like a cool response or like the response? Do you get what I'm saying? I think it was, if I'm being completely honest with myself, I think it was somehow, moronically, and no logic whatsoever, this is cool. This right. makes me sound cool. Yeah, yeah. Which, what world was I living in? I don't know. Teenage world. But that's what teens are supposed to do. They're supposed to I do everything so. to find... Yeah, man. You're supposed to... Everything nuts. they do is to gain acceptance within their tribe that they're seeking. To gain their ranking. That's where MySpace has it right. Everybody... It, it's a developmental stage, man. Where everybody does it all the time. Yeah. It just it isn't supposed to be like posted and then you're reminded of it a year later or you can get called out on it when you've gone from like, oh my God, used to be all soccer. Now she's so all across. Like, God, what a sellout. Like before like would be like no memory or ranking of you caring about blank. So it couldn't get thrown back in your face and you wouldn't feel this yeah, weird. Canceled. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, exactly. The whole cancel culture. You're not that you've not always been like that. Like that's yeah. where. Also, this... who are you to tell me that? Just saying, who that's are you? But yeah, <laughs> that's a good point, dude. You, you are um, the analytical thinker in you, man. I think the the therapist. It it seems like fitting. You enjoy like deep diving into the motives, and pinpointing shit, man. Yeah, it's because it's it's also helpful. Like I'm enjoying it. I'm good at it, and it's helpful. I mean, let's. Why not? It's, yeah. yeah. So yeah. when are you supposed to be done with your bachelor's? I have like 17 credits left. That's not bad. And do you, are you able to go full-time? So about a year? Well, since I'm working full-time career, like work-wise, let's say work, not career, not doing childcare. Don't Green. get your hopes up. Um, What's your favorite song? Sing me your song to get everybody quiet. <laughs> no, I can't realize. You don't want to see me? Use your mouth. You were almost there. You were almost there. Like you twinkle in your eye, your lip went up. You were like, oh, this is my actually favorite. And then you're like, not kidding. The funny thing is it wasn't my favorite because nothing seems to be my favorite lately. It's more of like a 
Stop talking over me is what it is. I'm so sorry for any time that I might have spoken while you were speaking during ELA class in fifth and sixth grade. Screw me back then, because that is rude. I get so mad. I have two rules. This makes me sound really harsh. <laughs> this makes me sound so bad. Shut up and don't, sit down. Uh-huh. Nope. Don't make me hate my own name by the end of the day. Miss Caroline, Miss Caroline, Miss Caroline. This speaks for itself. I show them. I model. I'm like, look. Not, but this, like hold my hand up. That That's all I need. I will come to you. Honestly, I'll probably get there faster. I probably will. <laughs> if you just put your hand up. Cause I'm like, thank you. You see that there's a lot. I have like 20 plus kids. So like, that's a lot. I'm trying a little thin, you know, like just be patient, which they struggle with. And I get it, but I'm now at a point in life where I can balance empathy. Well, like wisely, I used to let it consume me. And then I was a people pleaser. Whereas now I'm like, I know that your home life probably is rough because I come to know like their story and all, which I love that about the job. And then, so sometimes like I'm not in their shoes. Who the hell knows if I would have, how I would have acted if that were the case. If dad would have done this, if I lost my sister, who knows, you know, um, or get having a new baby in the family, a baby sibling that rocks them. And that's like, those types of things are so critical they can become some real yeah mm, well because you don't want to you want to maintain a standard you want to have empathy but you don't want to lower it and excuse behaviors that from my perspective it's like all right cool like how long are we going to put up with impulsive behavior because thing happened Mm -hmm. at home because then you're you're getting taken advantage of yes at a certain point right yeah so it is weird to find that balance man you are yeah it is god you are you're a fucking sage you're old. What's your, a sage? Like just, I always see it as like the old wise person. Like the sage would be the Mason in Game of Thrones that the people in charge go to seek counsel from. There you go. Full circle. Yeah. I think it is sage. What's the second rule? So don't make me hate my name. Oh, and um, don't make me hate the sound of my own voice. (laughs) Two pretty good rules. They can repeat it to you. They can tell you what are Miss Caroline's two rules, and they'll let you know. And they love me, but do not, do not take advantage of me. And when, especially when I'm, I go above and beyond to like do my best for them. I, there's now a slogan that goes around that I started on accident, which I, is do your part. This goes to anything: daycare, walking in the store. I don't care who, what, when, where, why. Do, you can't not do your part and then expect everyone else to. It just isn't like, doesn't make any sense and it's not fair. And not fair sounds babyish or whatever you want to call it, yeah. but I don't know where the golden rule went out the window. I'm very <laughs> passionate about this. I don't understand why it's not common sense. Uh, you don't want to be treated like that, so why do you have the power to do that? Like, yeah. no offense, but you're not special. I, I said that to a kid once and everybody was like, oh, and I was like, no, 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 no. Let me back up a little bit because that did sound harsh. <laughs> You're not special as in you don't get to break the rules. Yeah, special treatment, man. Yeah, because people just give up on that and I haven't given up on you. And yeah. not everybody's going to do that. So stick with me and show up and I will too, but we can't do the you not show up, I show up and we continue that and ride it out. It's not sustainable. Yeah. And I learned that in everything I went through. 
What's the is is the age group twelve or is it a wide range? It's a wide range. It's from five to twelve. Stop. Pray to God. Wow, man. Yeah. So, so when I was making fun of you about the song, you're not singing songs for like twelve year olds, no, but you I'm gotta have songs for the kindergartners. Class, and they're like, yes, yes. <laughs> Those attention getters. I hate them, man. I really do. Quickly. But I, I get loud. Dude, that's a. 20 kids, 5 to 12. That's a range. No wonder you just want to do one-on-one therapy with people. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? Dude, they're always like, what do you do when you get in your car, Miss Caroline, for lunch? I'm like, sit and stare forward in silence. Ask them. I kid you not, I don't make this stuff up. I'm so serious. <laughs> what do you do in your car for lunch? <laughs> sit in silence. Windows up. I do. I just go, all right. Sometimes I walk out of there and I'm like, all right, get yourself together, girl, because you got five hours left. And there's, yeah. Mm. And we haven't been able to go outside lately because it's been too yeah, hot, and the heat index is too high, and there's regulations, and it's a whole thing. Um, so, yeah, but I've been doing my best. It, has I'm it been full-time even, like, throughout the school year, or is this more like summer care that you're doing? I, I too, got to be a teacher role <laughs> during COVID, and I uh, hated it. Because uh, yeah, that was something that I, so I had to teach kids in Zooms and it was amazing to me that 11 and 12 year olds who went to like the boys and girls club could function to get on a class Zoom at a particular time with like four different school districts and you got one helper teacher that's trying to organize 15 different kids virtual assignments. Different schedules? Dude, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, you got ELA classes. Yes. Yes. Like it, it, people at first would be pissed that kids weren't logging on to Zooms. And then once you understood like the environment that they had to be logged on at, you're like, these kids can't open their locker when they're in school. And yeah. like, they wouldn't even get to class all the time if they didn't get to follow kids. And now we're going to expect them virtually. So you yeah, had to get I, a part of that, huh? Yeah. Our, our, some parents would call if a kid did not. So this is often what happened. This is why I hated remote because it always came back to me. So I was the teacher the supervisor of the room, the therapist at times, because what else are we here for? Like I was still the servant. So it felt at times the techie making sure the Wi-Fi worked or the app was loaded up. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot to put on someone and like (laughs) to follow through with that. I didn't even like mean to be in this job. I'm only here because it's my mom used to teach at Milford and Pam. My mom was like, really close friends she owns the company and I was like I was in a tough spot and was like you know what she said I need someone with common sense and I know you have it you want to work for me because unfortunately not everybody shows it right um and I was like okay and I when I started there were teachers ahead of me like above me and now I'm the head beep in charge queen bee. did not intend to be here okay Caroline did not intend to be in charge of children. Lies. It was your end game plan, man. Dude, I more power to you for continuing out your journey as a teacher. (laughs) Because some days I walk out of there like, God, give me strength. I always go, Jesus, take the wheel. I sing it to them. They think I'm a nutcase. I love it. I live for it. I embrace my awkwardness. No other way to do it, man. No. Yeah, so that's 
that's a tough spot to be in too. The balance of let me work, function, and actually maybe save up some money and feel secure in my financial standings versus if I need like 17 credits, we're looking at what, maybe six classes. You're like, fuck man, if I just took like a year off, these classes are done with versus trying to figure out a way. And now it's like, oh, I really want to do therapy, but it's going to take two and a half years. And I'm curious how you're trying to like balance that. Cause I think a lot of people get stuck in a position like that right at the end. Day by day. Day by day. That's what I do. Day by day. My agenda. That's what it says on the front. Day by day. Dead serious. It, sometimes it's tough. And like, I don't get paid as much as I would love and maybe compensated for work wise, you know, but whatever I show up regardless, that's just who I am. Um, I mean, I, I hope it doesn't end up taking longer than two years, but if it does, okay. Yeah. Like the world's not over. Like I've managed to figure life out thus far. It's okay. Um, yeah. I won't let myself drown. Yeah, the arbitrary deadline. I, I, I was just interested because some people make that weird number that they got to get to or finish by. And it, no, I lost, I lost sight of that or grasp on that little phenomenon when I did not graduate 2019 or yeah, 2019, like my graduation cap at tech said I would from Salisbury, you know, you make it and it's like, yeah. Salisbury, Tessa, blah, blah, blah. yeah, I didn't even finish at Salisbury, nor was it the year. So I lost, like I disconnected from that. Like, I, I feel like that is um, one of the things that I shed from who I, like how I processed life, which is very beneficial because why does it matter? Like, it doesn't, if I'm going to get it done and I'm not, like if I was procrastinating it and like just pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, that's a little different, like get to it. Yeah. Um, but it's going to get done. There's really no point in feeling guilty or like hating myself for not hitting a deadline. It happens. Like it's okay. I missed a lot of deadlines. Evidently. Like I, I never got a prime. My 20 and 21 year marks sucked. That's when I, I lost all my hair. So yeah. I had the opposite experience as everyone else. So now I'm just kind of like, whatever happens, like, all right, I manage my expectations. Whatever plays out, it's better than what I thought it was going to be two years ago, significantly. Perspective. Yeah. Again, I have no other option. It is, it is what it is. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I've been kind of wondering this entire time ever since you brought it up about Japan. I cannot picture you and your brother fucking solo on a plane. I just remember like he was one of the wittiest, snarkiest, observant dudes that was out there. Like cold-blooded comment killer. Just only, only just, and you're like, I don't even know if I want to try to mess with you right now. But at the same time, like super pleasant, not like an asshole or anything I know. like that no, I know. It's, we it's, couldn't send it up with the christmas um play thing that we had to do every year we had to read a little scripture thing which <laughs> i recently learned that mom switched ours so i got the paragraph that colin actually got and he got this little sentence because he would go up and have a freaking stand-up act yeah, right? would, you can see it just, you're just like waiting for him to get off like colin just come down finish it but he can't <laughs> he can't do it and there's no one like him Love him <laughs> No, we ended up in Japan because um, 
Tyler Mathis, do you remember him? God, I'd have to see his face, man. The name, when you say it, sounds familiar, but I can't picture yeah. his face. That same group, Willie, Kirsten, and all them. That. Did he have glasses? Yeah. No, I'm thinking of Tyler yes, Evans. Yes, yes. Blonde hair. Okay. Getting a little closer. Getting a little closer. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. go ahead. So I think it was him. Maybe not. I don't know. Colin's friends pulled out, right? They had a trip to go to Japan. That was like a, I don't know, guy's trip. I don't, who knows? Who cares? Colin's odd, so expect it. And then they pulled out, and he was like, would you want to go with me to Japan? And I was like, at first I saw it as, mind you, I have no hair. I still am sick and all this, right? So I'm like, you know what? Maybe this will be like a rebirth. They say, like, you know, there's got to be something in Japan for meditation or something, you know? Colin did not include in the details of the trip leading up that we were backpacking is what we were doing Uh across Only Colin would not include that. And he would tell you today, he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He has an excuse. That he didn't. He says he did not, not include it. We were backpacking anyway. Um, Wait, so when you're packing for this trip, he doesn't say, hey, man, make sure you have a rucksack? Dude, no. In fact, <laughs> I, I remember vividly the night before when I'm packing. And he was trying to, like, the bags he was telling me to take, thank God I did not listen to him in that moment. I would have been carrying, like, masses of things. I mean, he he had, like, biggest the biggest bag possible to bring for me. Like, didn't understand, like, simple things. I, I would have screwed myself over. But, yeah, it was, it was an experience that I – it ended not the best way. I think I got a little too ahead of myself, and I was – mind you, I was afraid of planes still. Okay, let's be honest with – ourselves i was afraid of flying for a, every reason possible was that your so, first flight no oh, okay but just another one that i was like <laughs> did you ever have a bad flight um no but i've like watched it but i wish i never watched <laughs> i love people like you they're like <gasps> i get like the fear of flying if you've never flown or if it's the first flight and you're going over water for the first time, or like, oh my God, the mountains. But like people, especially someone who enjoys common sense and logic, should be able to be like, wow. It's but just I'm, like not in a, I'm not on a plane every day. So I, I don't know. That mm-hmm. looks sketchy to me, all I'm saying. A lot of Two stats wings. out there. A lot of stats out there. They don't. The wings don't actually flap like a bird, by the okay, way. Okay, you know They're what? Just... <laughs> but maybe. I don't know. You never know. Never say never. Justin Bieber said that. So I heard. <laughs> Um, no, it was the fact that like, and I know this stat, you're safer in a, in an airplane than you are in a car. I know that. Aware of it. Believe me, I try to tell myself that all the time. But if something goes wrong up in the air, it's one way, where are you going? Down is where you're going, Yeah, right? gliding you're at a controlled car. speed with a life jacket underneath of you. Listen. And professionals trained to handle that situation. Yeah, but they made Solly such a big thing. Look, this is so real for me. So I was like, in my head, if that was such a big thing, then it's like exceptional that he landed it successfully. Oh shit, like it's not common. Like that wasn't a Tuesday fire drill. Like teachers wouldn't be like, hey man, you got all the kids out of that fire drill. Be like, yeah, we practice that once a month. Everybody should have lined up and got out. <laughs> so apparently they never do this. That's a dude. That's actually a really good point to think, I know to point out. Not to 
Like this is how my mind works. Dude, yeah, Legit. like damn, he's top one percent. <laughs> That's weird. You say that. That's what my boss always says. He's like one percent, one percent. Because I don't, I don't function. My mind does not function like everyone else. But anyway, long story short, I went to Japan with Colin. Two backpack. We're backpacking. Huh? To backpack, even though you said oh, you didn't know. Yes, yes. And I had, like, it was so uncomfortable. Backpack, and then another backpack, like, two backpack backpacks, not, like, a strap one. Okay. So, whether I was holding one, like, it was a pregnancy belly or whatever, <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. The bag was so heavy. Colin was such a trooper, though. Shout out to him, man. He really was. <laughs> he was like, Caroline, it's okay. And I was being a real, like, he doesn't speak Japanese either. So like I would be like Colin, where are we going? And he's like, I don't know either. I don't know. I've never been here, never. And he handled it like a trooper. So sh- yes, never live it down. But anyway, anyway, sorry, dude. That is uh, so no. Stay in that moment for me for a minute, because maybe I'm GPS <laughs> spoiled. Maybe I'm TripAdvisor spoiled. But like I feel, I I don't know. I feel like I would go nowadays. Google. Hey, I'm going to this temple and now I'm just following a line. I'm hopping in a cab. I'm showing my phone, right? You click Uber and they just take you places. Nah, that's but, not what it was like. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. So help me understand. We were the Americans is what we were that screw things up is what like they take their, um, like we've heard the bullet train. You heard that? Yeah. I remember reading about, don't know much about it. It so just okay. goes really, really fast. Really, really fast. <laughs> Obviously. But the way things worked there, which that in itself is so bizarre to me in a good way. Like, it's possible, right? That's what I got out of Japan. It's possible. So the bullet train, it's super fast, efficient. You have to pay for your ticket. But they clean it in between each, like, takeoff time, right? And thoroughly, it's clean in there. Everybody follows the, like, you're supposed to be quiet in there. They follow it. Everybody's quiet. And not, like, a from someone scolding them to be quiet. You know what I mean? Whereas like in New York or whatever, they're like, screw you, dude. Yeah. But, it, it's just a respect, a courtesy for others. Yeah. Respect thing. So yeah, that was really interesting, but we're, we were the Americans who sucked, which admitted I hated it. I was so embarrassed. So they have, you have to like scan a ticket in and it's like, Shoo! and then you pick it up the other side. We have them here too. Right. To get through somewhere. Well, we would always, every time, do it wrong. And it would send up these red signals like, like you hit the jackpot, but in not a good way. And the line would just pile of people. Oh, yeah. And we still didn't speak their language. So even trying to, like, tell someone that we just messed up and don't know how to fix our mess up, because now the thing's locked down. People are trying to make their time. Like, yeah, that was tough. That was tough. But they were so nice, everyone there. Were they really to you? Yes. How much of a minority, like, did you come across Americans, Ran was easy to find people speaking English? Only people that I found speaking English were the ones that flew over with us. So, like, came from, I mean, like, I think we took off, I don't know, JFK or something, and then went to Canada, and then, so those people that we picked up, yes. Otherwise, no. Not someone that I, like, encountered. That rare, huh? Yeah. Which is tough. Joe, dude, that it's so hard to wrap your mind around. Yeah, it was a taunting experience, and but I can say I went to Japan. So, and for how long did you go before you wigged uh, out and left your brother stranded on a backpacking trip that you had agreed to go to? When I made it, um, twenty four hours. 
Stop! Yeah. Just one day. Swear to God. Stop. All my life. No, listen. Listen. You're about to feel like an asshole for laughing. Listen to this. Listen to this. So back to that traumatic <laughs> relationship, dude. Dude, no, no. The fact that you said 24 hours to make it sound bigger than one day. Well, you got to Thriving. We are thriving. Can't let the haters get you down. I've learned that. 24 hours. <laughs> But I got everyone here flying because I had to fly back by myself. The flight by itself is like 24 hours, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It was horrible. And I had the freaking window seat. The person next to me slept the whole time. I was just, you know. Wait. Did you spend – this is a legit question. Did you spend more time flying to and from Japan than you did in Japan? I spent most of my time in Japan in the Airbnb. Dead serious. And not walking in the Airbnb. I don't, time was all different and like combobulated, discombobulated. I don't know. What matters is it was Colin's trip. He made it to the end and he had a good time, okay? It's something positive. <laughs> Caroline survived life is what she did. You said tw- oh, I thought God. maybe you were going to say like five days, dude. You said 24 hours. Negative, Nelly. No, 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 no. I was supposed to be there on my birthday. Nope. Colin was. <laughs> Now, why, and maybe I've just been laughing at you, like, over the reason why you left. What was oh, yeah. the reason that you decided to leave? Oh, boy. Um, so, I was still in that, I was still trying to leave that relationship, right? Um, mm. And he would, at this point, he was probably blocked at this point. But he would, like, create emails and stuff and, like, find the way in. Um, and this time, I don't remember how necessarily, but one of my breaking points was Colin heard the verbal assassination, which you don't want Collie Bug, that's what mom calls them, <laughs> to hear it. Because, like, it's its bad. It sucks. Yeah. I would, if somebody dared talk to Colin like that, right. game over. No, no thank you. Um, but that's, I was, I was still fresh in my medical mayhem situation. I was still trying to leave. I was dealing with trying to successfully leave without being pastored to death. I mean, he was just like, he was throwing anything he could left. And they were all very harsh. Um, So it was that. He was getting in my head like, I knew I couldn't be there. Even more than that situation, just like health-wise, I could feel myself. The passing out was still there. I'm in Japan now passing out. Different story, you know. I don't even know what medicines are there, like name-wise and all that. So... That was tough, but, um, yeah, I felt health-wise, felt, whether it was the flight, horrendous. And that's scary because I was so sick at one point, and I wasn't better. I hadn't made it through it, so that was tough. And then on top of it, that person, that individual, um, when learning that I was leaving, I already made the decision. I had so much guilt that I had my mom pay for that ticket back. Flying to Japan is so expensive, like over 1000 yeah, that's crazy. Okay. So I'm not only wasting a ticket, but now we're buying another. Um, so that was tough. So I, and in my mind, I felt so guilty, but I was like, you would not be asking to leave if it was not necessary. Like it wasn't a matter of taking the easy way out. It was, you are not okay. This is not the right time for you to be in foreign territory, you know, of all the times, not the time. Um, so yeah, I, but I did slightly believe that the things, like, he was saying stuff like, 
pop your brother he, he's disappointed in you he's saying he's not but he is uh blah, blah, blah. like he he knew how to like work around my mind's logic you know so yeah so i was like oh god which just made me feel worse it backfired i don't know so we came back i ended up um actually in dover i forgot what it's called dover behavioral something i actually went to outpatient um i don't even know what it's called and that was a wake-up call I don't, wake up call is not the right word. Um, an eye opener, we'll yeah, say. Realization. What do you, yeah. So you left like you landed back in America and went straight to Dover I Behavioral for two days. Wow. Because yeah. guilt that all I the guilt know. you just described, or honestly didn't. Well, genuinely didn't know, and that's I kept saying that like in the shower, crying. This sounds sad, but like again, I wouldn't be where I am now, and like I made it, but. I didn't know why I was crying, and that was the scariest part. Yeah, like, dude. How, like, I've never how been there. Stop? I wonder how many people have actually felt that. I bet a lot, and that's why I started that. I think so. Man. <laughs> Guys really it's aren't terrifying. open about their feelings then. Like, I just, like, I typically, like, I, I'll, I watch Dog's Purpose, and I'm fucking bawling. Oh, gosh. You I know, like, like, I, I mean, there, there's a reason you see your your mom's significant other die and like you're around a dead body. You're like, man, I'm crying for a reason. These people are grieving. Yeah. yeah. But like, I've, I've never cried without having a purpose for that, man. That's. I wonder what that's like. Yeah. No, dude. Yeah. Like that, it's, it'd be like a feeling of out of control. It would almost make it you like freak is. out. And then you'd be crying more. Cause you're like, what am I crying? It's like someone tell you, telling you when you're having an anxiety attack, don't stress or stop stressing out. You're like, yeah. uh, like it's just not, it's not possible. It's, it's not. And there's no, again, I'm a very logical person and there's no logic in it. But in that moment, it's like, you're so caught and stuck up in that moment that you can't zoom out to like, see the bigger picture in it. You know, it's just, yeah, it's like making it through that moment day by day. <laughs> what was eye-opening about outpatient treatment? So that, um, oddly enough, I was the first one to ever, like, thank God I didn't have a big shame complex, like, too big to go, you know what I mean? No, seriously, because it was so, it was extreme, is what I, is the word, and I'm no better than them at all, but the fact that I was in the same room as them, and we were there seeking the same whether it was same reason or not, same per, like end game, I guess that you're there to work through things and the things that we worked through. I, I didn't say that long. Um, they were interesting because it was stuff that I feel like we should be t- being taught in school. Like I have kids that are taught Spanish math now, but we're not taught what healthy boundaries are. Ever. So the people you're coming across who are also receiving counseling at the outpatient center is you're like blown away that they don't know this. You're like, the system has failed them. I guess I got a little, okay, let me explain. Okay. So when one of the things every single day, right. Was keep in mind this entire time, I've been thinking that I'm crazy, right. Throughout all everything I've explained and however long we've been talking all that. So I'm already like, there's a chance. I don't want it to be a chance because I don't know what would happen uh, if that were the chance or okay. if that were the case. 
But you, every single day we got in, you had to get there at the same time. You were scanned in through a security thing, like a jail. They wanted you down all this stuff. And I'm like, we're here for mental health. And you're wanting me down. Like I'm a prisoner mm. like that in itself. You're like, you don't even trust me that. And that it's, that's a little, you know, odd if you've never been there. And then the questionnaire that you or like questions that you had to answer aloud, every single person in the room had to, we go around. One of the things where you had to literally say, I am not hearing or seeing voices that nobody else is hearing or seeing that. Like, that's one thing. I mean, I can so repeat it fluidly. Like it's stuck because it was like, Whoa, some people answer yes to this. Yeah, right. or, hey, I am hearing them. And I'm in the same room, you know, and that's, that was good. That, if anything, I felt guilt about that was it. Thinking that even thinking it like, who the fuck am I? Yeah. No better or worse. Like, no. Yeah. It was weird. So it was like, I, I went there to like, stop, stop crying. Yes. Cause like, geez Louise, how many, how much tears are left? Like, honestly, and why, why are we doing this? Um, but it was a re- it kind of, if anything showed me like you're on the right track of like, like the things that we were doing in there, I, that's what I already do in my, like, you know how many journals I have, how many random notebooks, dude, probably all together, like over, over a hundred, no, easily. Wow. And if you can literally go through and look and you, you'll see my life play out in them. It's how I speak. Literally. It's what it is. Gotcha. Um, but the stuff that I do write about and like think therefore write is exactly what they were kind of like explaining, like the boundaries. I was at a point where I needed boundaries. I needed to not only create them and like come up with which ones are necessary, but enforce them and not let someone intimidate me to the point of me being like, you know what, screw it. I'd rather just like suck it up in this moment, right? Then some satisfaction. No. No, you waste enough of your life being stuck in a place that's out of control, mentally, physically, all of the above, and not knowing if you're going to have a chance at, like, even, like, slightly normal living again, and then you get to the end of it. Like, I did, I hoped that I would be here now, but at that time, especially, because my birthday was, like, the day after I admitted myself into there as outpatient, but they still, you had to stay there for a certain amount of time. You weren't, it was very strict. If it wasn't like that, I think I would have stayed longer, which is probably not likable to say, but. Well, dude, that's scary as hell. If you're giving away your freedoms and you're like, man, I I, like, I have no choice in this matter. If I'm checking myself in, like, would I I be able to check myself out? Yeah. It's, it's odd to me. And I don't know what the, what the rationale is behind it. I think so my mom, um, and not to get, I guess, too into it. My mom was having a bout with um, dementia. She might be getting a little better now because I don't know how much of it is alcoholism, how much of it's dementia, how much of it is a mixture. But she definitely wasn't eating. But that was one of the weird battles when she would give me consent to something. Like basically like her finances to pay her bills. Like, mom, you haven't paid your electric in three months. You have money. Clearly yeah. you keep forgetting. Like you need me to handle your finances if you want to stay here, but then like be upset about it the next day. And then you're trying to take it all away. And it's like, well, why, why do you, cause I'm like, you're, you're getting stolen from like, no, there, 
when I write the check to the electric company, my name is not Delmarva Power, mom. <laughs> my name is right, Sean. Right. I'm, this check doesn't go to me. So yeah. I, people can reach a point where they're not able to make decisions for themselves, which I guess is the yeah. default. But if you are able and then you get lumped into the I'm not able. Yeah, it's like one lump sum, which yes. is not a, an yes. accurate reading dude, of everyone. Yes, yeah. dude, that would be real. I, I've never tried to put myself in that position of like, dude, I really just need some good counseling. I don't need my life controlled. Yeah. I'm hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's another reason why I write my blog because back to that 1%, like I, I am an ordinary girl. That's how I used to like, just, that's how I used to think about it. Like I am an ordinary person. There's nothing special about me. And I don't mean that in like a mean way towards myself, but I'm, I'm just normal. Like, I'm not a genius. Like, I'm not a scientist. I'm not anything like that. I'm just here, and I am a very good listener, and I enjoy giving my advice when it's asked for, not unwarranted, because, like, I don't want unwarranted advice. I don't. If I don't ask, why are you telling me, you know? You'll know. You will know. I tell my kids that. You will know when it's time. I promise you. I won't leave you hanging. Never let you down. You know? Treat myself the same way. Because the golden rule. I mean, how many times do I got to go back to it? But yeah, I write for golden. that person that's like, am I missing something here? Like, is this, is this real life? Like, yeah, it's you're existential. Man. I, you're normal. Yeah, I think I it, believe it or not, like I, I, it is pretty normal to have those thoughts about existence and what is right and how come things don't work out certain ways. Yeah, you know, you might be hitting it a little earlier than others. <laughs> That took a long time to realize in itself. I didn't even realize that. Other people started pointing it out, and I was like, I guess you're right. I am. No, I yeah, man. It, it'd be like you hitting menopause at 30. You'd be like, hey, it's supposed to be happening, right? Like it's a mental yeah. menopause. Go to the game. Where you're like, where it's just like, wow, I'm not supposed to have this. Like your midlife crisis came to you at 23. And you're they, like, yes, exactly. Hopefully it's 100%. not really my midlife, but. The emotions that come with it are. I see people say like quarter life crisis and like they they got the Chick Fil A order wrong or something. And I'm like, <laughs> listen, Linda, I don't think you know. I'm not trying to compare trauma, but let's be honest. This okay? ain't sweet tea. You don't know. Yes, you don't know. Suck it up and drink the sweet tea lemonade. It's fine. <laughs> they make a video and they're like, let's count the nuggets, and it's only like eight, and they're like, fucking receipts at twelve. Legit. And then they call, yes, exactly. Thank you. Thank you for What's saying that? Me. Dude, one of those videos, um, and so I love Ikea. I don't know, if you remember my classroom, like I've always been obsessed with I, like furniture. There's one, one of the most humble brags. And you know, I don't have any like pictures of that thing. I think that was like one of the dopest classrooms in existence on the planet. Coffee chair, all that, yeah. Dude. So there's this video of Ikea and it, it's like a thing where like the music starts off where like, I'm sorry, I need to speak to a manager. It's like, well, I need to speak to your mother. <laughs> and like the music flips. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because yeah, I'd like to file a formal complaint about how you were raised and what is wrong with her. And like those, those videos are everything about the quarter life crisis where I just want to take that and I want to like mock people who wig out over so not serious things like missing a yellow light. Yeah, I don't even know if they'd realize you were mocking them, though, because that's where awareness comes in, and that evidently is a little scarce, too. So, it can be, that's true. We are just out here 
You know? <laughs> We're not Doing the damn thing to the best of our abilities. All right, and well, that's all I can do. Carol. Oh, I'm sorry. Caroline. Because I feel like I've heard that before, that saying. Um, Carol, <laughs> Caroline, let's do this. Um, start thinking of a little story that you want to tell. No pressure, but tons of pressure. Biggest moment of your life right now. <laughs> I love building it up <laughs> just just because I'm a jerk. <laughs> um, this, this is how we're going to end the podcast, okay? Can I get it? Yes, thank you. All right. Um, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. You got to let me set it up. It's a segment. Take, go ahead. I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> Can I get your best first for last? We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile. This is tough. There's so many things that happen in this 24 years that feel like 100. Um, the best thing you said? Best first for last. Okay. All right. All right. Best first. Um, honestly, I really do think as much as Japan seemed like the biggest fail taken ever... To be honest, truthfully, I was so embarrassed. So embarrassed. I think I conquered so much mentally over that trip that I didn't realize in the moment, which is so weird because I came back sobbing, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I think there there was a lot that went into it that I, I mean, I had never gone to Japan. I've never flown like farther than probably if I flew to Florida once, I guess. Um, I flew back by myself. Jeez, like, okay. I figured it out. I figured the airport out. Did not think that was possible. Colin had like written on his like phone, you know, I can mark up your picture. Yeah. With pencil or pe- I mean pen. Yeah. He like literally was like, Caroline, you're going to exit right here. You're going to go up to this hallway. You're going to go. He was so good. I'm he, like such a trooper. I drew you a little map. Because he knew I was going to be like. And as we separated when he stayed in Japan, I was walking back in through the airport. It felt like I, I was going away to war. Like we were just looking at each other like, good luck, soldier. Like, <laughs> hopefully I'll see you in 24 hours. You're fine. Yep. You make it. Yeah. I don't know. I, so I think my, my best first was um, either that or maybe the first time I hit publish on my blog because I think that was much more meaningful than it seemed and I'm not necessarily consistent on posting one day I'll get to that but like it's not something that I view as a job and I don't want it to be a job like I kind of want to hold on to that it's nice to have something like that um but I mean if I looked at my my drafts in WordPress that's just drafts in WordPress probably 200 plus blogs holy shit just chilling there just chilling like mostly done Cause I, it's me just thinking that's all it is. And it's a rant. And a lot of people tend to relate to my rants because I'm an ordinary individual, right? I'm just here. We out here doing our best. That's it. Doing our part, hopefully. Um, but a lot of them sit there because I'm, I'm not confident enough and like, it has to be perfect, but it's never going to be perfect. And I know that doesn't exist. Right. So my first publish was like, Betting on myself for once because it started a domino effect of like, not only do I bet on myself, but I trust in the end result of betting on myself. Mm. Like I'll get myself there. Like I'll figure it out and 
if I don't, I'll finesse my way through it somehow. I'll fake it till I make it until I can figure out the right knowledge and then like go from there and navigate. But yeah, because I, I truly think that creating a blog was like, pound the back, Caroline. Your words do matter somewhat. And then the views, if I like, I got like one view and was like, and it probably was a bot, but you know what? I don't care because that bot's reading my words nah. and that's fine. So it took me forever to get on the bot radar, to be honest with you. And now like, it, it's funny because on Instagram at first I would leave them because I'd be like, they're the only two people that commented. And it was like, no, dude, it looks fake as fuck. Like, take it off. It just looks like you're desperate for that kind of thing. So it takes a while. I would say genuinely, if you're getting views when you're publishing stuff early, bots don't know that you're out there like that. You're right. And I wasn't smart enough to use hashtags then. You know? So I would say it's genuine. And it really is. Like, it, it's fucking neat, man. I've spoken to enough artists. And even with the podcast, like, it, it, it's neat that it's almost – dude, it might be 100 days. I've taken a little break and I started – posting again I had like five months off because my mom was going through her shit and like every day that I've been posting like their downloads and listens and you're like that's amazing because I don't post a pod every day and yet right. previous episodes some somebody somehow somewhere is connecting where they're like a friend on social media that they get to know more about someone they follow and it's yeah. it's very endearing and people who publish music they get they get blown away that like they'll go to a concert, sing an original song, and like people in the audience know the words. Blows their mind. Like and that, and it blows the, the audience's mind that it blows their mind. Yes. You're like, Just to be mean? appreciated for creating or expressing, man. Appreciation's huge. Yeah. No, I think that's I I think that I think you should take that one view that day and be like, keep your mentality of not nah, ain't no fucking bot. Don't let that bot shit creep in your head. Be like yeah, dude, that reached somebody. Somebody was interested and they most likely viewed again. I, I would definitely agree. I, yes. That and losing my hair because it was a first. <laughs> it last. <laughs> yeah. You gotta sh it made me be myself. All of this just made me like actually be the person that I was like, whether I was put on the earth to be here, I decided that I wanted to be that person, which is just the person that I'd want. I have become my own best friend. And I am so proud of that because I used to be my biggest critic and despise myself. So it's possible. That's my big thing. It's yeah. possible. I've come from like the bottom, like rock bottoms on bottoms on bottoms is what I say. Started, she started from the bottom. Now she's here. Started from rock bottom. Now she's here. That's what I say. Final answer. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just, it's never over unless you call it quits. Like nothing's permanent. You can be confident. You cannot be confident. That's not a personality trait. You get to determine that, you know? Yeah, it's within your control. I would have never been having this conversation even six years ago. Hell no. Hell no. Yeah, what would have been stopping you? Um, I wouldn't have felt that I could hold a conversation. I, Even though I can, and I have so much proof in the past of having conversations on I love to talk. <laughs> I mean, for my mom. I mean, like, are we... Talking? Do you want me to bring them in here? I'll bring in all the people. <laughs> Legit. I swear to God, I talk to people. They're real. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. I promise. It's not my studies. <laughs> but no, yeah. And, uh, like, eventually, some of it was faking until I make it to get, to get to the point of being confident. But eventually, you're like, oh, shit. I am. All right. I'm not half bad. All right. Like, I... I make people's days brighter. At the gas station, I can see it. 
I'm that person that makes the dumbest fucking comment and, and like the gas station, wherever. I'm like, I say what everyone's thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they're like, ah, and then you're talking before that. And then I know their whole life story because they've told me everything. So Yeah. And now here we are. So something worked out right. Absolutely, dude. Well, dude, I'm so glad. It's I'm to the point in my life where it's trippy to see kids now not be kids and be adults. And it, it's pretty, yeah. it like it's pretty cool. At the same time, it's trippy as hell. Um, and it's awesome when kids, not that you have favorites, but you have kids you connect with. And your group, the group at Woodbridge, is definitely a, a group that I've connected with. I miss the hell out of. Like you guys are just awesome. Like it was, it was almost like the universe put in great students for me to teach, so that like it would double down on my love of teaching. You guys almost like reinforced what I believe the potential of teaching could be and should be. And how long had you been teaching when you had me and that group? Dude, I don't remember. Honestly, it might've, it might've, I might've been my first year. I think I got the job. Oh seven, September. Oh seven might've been when I started teaching. Isn't that weird? I, I promise you, I would have been like, you have your master's and have been in this career for 20 plus years, even though like, obviously you were young. Yeah. Well, it was the same thing. Like fake it till you make it. But well, at the same time, like, and your mom went through the same degree, the degree we got the professional development school, even though it was in a trailer, even though it was in Milford, like it was a legit court. Like it was, it would break, it would break motherfuckers. Um, (laughs) just to be a teacher, to make 35 grand a year. It was overkill, but it really, for whatever reason, I, I understood it gravitated towards it. And I, I love the idealism of kids like you finding confidence and being inspired. Not like the, the scores would take care of themselves if you got the kid to take care of the kid. Absolutely. And I just, I just yeah. always like believed in that. And it was something about whatever the time was. But man, y'all kids, that, that group of kids, man, um, it was just such a great, such a great run. It was so enjoyable. Like it never felt like work. I never one time drove and was like, oh, these fucking kids. Like never. It was always like, can't wait to get into shit with them. <laughs> it's not, I'm just saying, I'm not old. I'm just saying these, my thoughts when I go and sit in my car in my silence, there's a reason for it. We are not them. Therefore, <laughs> what's going on? Right? No. Well, yeah, well, your, your situation's a little different. I never had a range like that either, man. Like no, you're, it's tough, yeah. you're doing great. Caroline, Carol Line, thank you so much <laughs> for reaching out. I hope um, if any teachers even listen to this, man, hopefully like it inspires teachers who are um, like maybe even struggling to be like, you never know people you're reaching just for being decent. You know, it always no, work to not. inspire. Don't worry about the grade the score at the moment worry about the person just really focus in on the person i think to me that's the message that i got reinforced and yeah, i just think be there for them. that's yes. it just like be there yes like actually be there not yes. caught up in like grades or what test is coming and yes. all that like keep me inter- interested and yeah. i promise you i'll be way more like invested in what i'm learning yeah no dude you're, yeah it's the moment Make yeah. the moment. Don't make it about what happened last night because you didn't do your homework. Don't make it about what's coming up because no, there's there a test anymore. on Friday. No, nah, man. Like, what's today? What are we doing right now? This is going to be a really fun moment. And that was my mentality. And it's awesome. Honestly, it's it's very flattering to um have that appreciated because you don't realize, like, how many teachers can lose the love of the moment. 
I can imagine. <laughs> I'm sorry, I sound so bitter. I really do love them, I promise. But she's Louise, the lot. <laughs> I'm just on it, okay? All right, man. Dude, I'm glad we reconnected. Okay. I look forward to uh, reading blogs. Can't wait to hear a podcast. Don't forget to get that shit started. And well, now I can't not start it. So thank you so much. So I tried to leave with it. Man. I will forever commend you for my success. Thank you. Shout out. <laughs> Royalties. All right, thank Caroline. You. Enjoy your night, thank man. You. you too. Bye. Bye. On the subject I like Thanks to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Listeners, search him up. It's Andre Psyche, P-S-Y-C-H-E, on social media. Give my man a follow, just for the fuck of it. Thanks to BetterHelp for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about by going to betterhelp.com slash getting, the number two, no, the letter U. And you, dear listeners, are going to get 10% off your first month. Remember, the link you're looking for is in the description. Thanks to Shady Rays for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Listeners, the promo code GETTING will get you 25% off your purchase at ShadyRays.com. That's promo code GETTING, G-E-T-T-I-N-G. And if you just want to give us some straight cash money, shout out Randy Moss, you can go to our Patreon and support the pod for as little as $2 a month if you've enjoyed getting to know any of our guests. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. If you have not already, please friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. Later.